All right, and we are live yet again with another episode of Comic Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, uh, and uh, you may see that, yeah, the screen looks a little different today. That's <laughs> because I was like, look, we're going to cut cut the wheat from the chaff. I think that's, is that the saying? I think uh, so. Cut, cutting the All wheat right. from the chaff, letting the corn, the cream of the corn rise to the top. Yep. That's perfect. That's, I don't think I don't think that's right. Perfect. Uh, but basically, I have one guest because uh, he is almost like two guests in one. <laughs> so I wanted to give him the proper, you know, treatment. We got Trevor <laughs> Reese, everybody. How's, How's it going? going, Trevor? It's going good. It's going good. Good week of comics. Um, yeah, and life's fine. Yeah. Uh, we're we're so close to opening up. Very, very excited about that. I was out and about yesterday and uh, feeling a little bit more comfortable uh, walking around without the old mask because like also like science is coming in that uh, it's more like everyone, I think we were kind of going in, I don't know if this was your perception, but like uh -huh. kind of feeling like the, the vaccine was like going to be like a flu shot. It's like, this is going to cover you for this season, but if like it comes back, we're going to have to get you good. Okay, yeah. It seems like the the... The science is coming in, at least for people who had it and then got the vaccine. It's like a polio, a measles vaccine. It's like yeah. a one and done, like yeah. you're set. Um, and so far the variant. So I'm like, I'm feeling good because now the world is opening up just in time for summer. Yes. Is there a lot of pressure for you going into summer? No, I just want to do stuff and we're in LA and this, I mean, there's beaches to be had. There's right. uh, outdoor patios to be drunk at, um, right. and yeah, there's all sorts of all sorts of fun stuff. Although Comic Con has already been killed, just putting all the eggs into Com San Diego Comic Con 2022. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, feeling good. Uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, for for <clears throat> anyone who doesn't know, uh, we are streaming to multiple platforms right now. Our main platform is volume.com slash The Keeg Show. So volume.com. Uh, it's a new streaming platform based around performances and artists, musicians, niche geek shows like ourselves. And so uh, we are definitely thankful to volume.com for, uh, you know, letting us uh, stream there. But yeah, we are streaming to multiple other places. So wherever you're watching... Feel free, like, comment, subscribe, do what you need to do. Thank you so much for wherever you're watching. But if you really want to be part of the conversation, there's a little chat. Uh, there's a little chat that should be popping up, uh, popping up here. There we go. There we go. Yes. Um, That's the one. The one thing to know is the chat is on volume. Yes, That's, the chat is on the, volume. The chat is on uh, volume, but you can just watch and be a passive observer. But if you would like to comment and ask questions, volume.com yeah. slash The Keeg Show. And, and we love it when people are out there commenting and whatnot. Now, the cool thing about volume, you could upload GIFs. By the way, Trevor, do you say GIFs or GIFs? Uh, I say GIFs, but okay. because it, like, I understand, I find it, a, it's, a, it's a good debate. Is, yeah. And I think it's it's something that is relevant to comic books. It's like, at what point when you give something to the masses, does it cease to become yours and becomes the world's? Right. Because the world has very clearly said it is gifts. But we yeah. all know, everyone who like wants to be pedantic, they know it's... A, actually, the guy who invented it is meant it to be gifs. It's just like, yeah. 
You can't come in here with your G's and right. want to, no one goes, what is like something that like a soft G, like giraffe is the yeah. only one, like. Uh, gin. People, gin. people have said gin. Gin. gin I don't know. Jeff. But it's like, but like, but also I isn't, but the juniper berry from which we get gin is spelled with a uh, J. I don't know, man. I don't so. know. Um, as I, uh, cause I, I have something to pose to you about pronunciation. Um, but, uh, for, uh, what I was trying to say is you can upload GIFs on, uh, volume.com. You can upload your own and then like use it and you can assign it a name and use it. We have 193 people watching us on volume.com. Not everybody has created accounts. So I would like to say like, if you're out here watching us, create an account, you can talk with us in the chat. We got, uh, Steph in the chat. We got Eileen in the chat. Oh, Ra Kolob. Thank you, Ra, uh, for for uh, uh, donating some amps. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. That's always appreciated. Uh, I also see Top Shelf Gaming uh, over there on uh, one of our other platforms. Top Shelf, uh, where are you from? Uh, what's your name? Uh, let us know. And uh, so what I was going to say is, uh, what are some other words in comic books that, like, you know, like you read it, but then you don't, you okay. don't know here's, how it's pronounced? Here's a question. How yeah. do you print? How do you pronounce Wolverine sound effect? Snicked. Snicked. I've also I've heard sneaked. I've heard like oh sneaked, 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 sneaked. Because like, sneaked. I, but it's like okay. sneaked. Ha, like that's is kind of onomatopoeia with it. It's like like a like a or like a stink like stink. It like yeah. It, it has more of like a like a unsheathing sound to it. But yeah, I would yeah. say snicked. Um, yeah. I would say unarguable is Thwip, Spider-Man sound effect. Right. There's really only uh, one way. What about Nightcrawler's Bamf? Do you say Bamf? I say Bamf. But also, I I think we say like, I don't know that I've that I ever spoke aloud his his sound effect until people started using uh badass 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 motherfucker like until people yeah. started using bamf that way i'm just like oh that's how you say it yeah um comics is 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 known for like it's like random onomatopoeia sound effects type thing yeah. they're trying to turn you know wor like sounds into words it's really <laughs> weird um, uh did you did you ever read the kevin smith uh green arrow yeah onomatopoeia yeah onomatopoeia yeah that's yeah. i that was i think that's my favorite one of his original characters that he's like added um, what about brick he created brick right he created no i think that was phil he phil hester was still there but i think that was judd winnick or oh. brad metzler okay. but phil he phil hester was there for a while so like it's mm. it, because yeah because kevin smith's run was um just two arcs the uh rebirth it's not rebirth um uh, the origin one, the resurrection arc, and then the onomatopoeia yeah. arc. And then okay. Brad Metzler does the archer's quest. And then okay. it's Judd Winnick for like a long time. And like, I think the coolest thing Judd Winnick did was, yeah, he did brick. He, he, he didn't invent Mia, but he was the one who made her HIV positive. Right. Um, he and, tends to do that though. Right. Yes. Well, cause you know, Judd, uh, Judd Winnick. Yeah. He, yeah. Pedro and me, which if people watching, Pedro and Me by Judd Winnick is wonderful. 
It is the real world, San Francisco, the only good real world, the only meaningful one. There are some good ones. Yeah. Real world Hawaii is my, with tech, and I always, tech and Amaya are always the two I remember from that. Um, okay. But yeah, but Pedro Me is such a beautiful, beautiful graphic novel about Pedro Samura, who was basically, he was the first um, HIV positive person really put out into pop culture as part yeah. of the real world. Um, and then he he was a uh, speaker around the country giving talks on sex education. Um, and then he died in 95, 96, like yeah. only a couple years after real world. He was like 20. Four, because he was he was out really young. His mom died, and so his home life was chaotic. And he was HIV positive by the time he was like fifteen or sixteen. Um, yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful story. And yeah, just because like Judd Winnick's exposure to that, yeah, he tends to always have either um, very prominent LGBTQ characters or right. addresses it uh, with Mia getting uh, HIV. Right. I feel like, I mean, the joke going around back in the day when I used to read is that, like, Winnick makes everyone HIV positive. Like, that's, like, It, it makes everyone, yeah, and, or, uh, or gay. Uh, <laughs> well, something to do with, okay, so, like, when he was writing X-Men, he was the one who created that mutants can't get AIDS. Yeah. And I think that was I Winnick. Forgot. When did Winnick write the X-Men? Uh, when, okay, Judd Winnick was the one who, who created Azazel. Like he wrote, he wrote that uh, at least that arc. But no, he wrote there. There was that whole like arc with mutants, like Angel getting healing blood, and that mutants can't get AIDS. And Are you sure Angel that and Husk getting together? No, that's Chuck Austin. That's Chuck Austin. Is that Chuck? You're Chuck right. Austin. Chuck Austin did yes. Azazel. Yeah. No, You're Chuck. Right. Uh, Chuck Austin's X Men run is the worst X-Men okay. run of all time, including the five years that the book was reprints. <laughs> like the was, worst- Oh, set. oh, back be, uh, before Giant Size X-Men 1? Yeah, from 1970 yeah. to 75, it was reprints until yeah. uh, Giant Size X-Men. But yeah, no, Chuck, that is, and it also like came on the heels of Grant Morrison's run. Yeah. Um, it was during the same time as Whedon's run, right? But no, Whedon, 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 Whedon was, was a little, astonishing. Whedon was a little, yeah, no, but Whedon, Chuck Austin's the bridge between the two. Okay. Because Whedon was originally going to do New X-Men. New X-Men outlived Grant Morrison, um, and then he was going to do it, but then Chuck Austin ruined it. Because it was supposed to be like, because Grant Morrison had such a um, kind of seminal run on the book... Uh, Marvel was like, oh, well, that new X-Men will be the seminal making book for the X-Men. Like, yeah. it will be the flagship. And then Chuck Austin went and shit the bed so yeah. spectacularly. Okay. And then, it was yeah, Chuck Austin, and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry yes. to everybody out there that comes to me for no. information. I fucked up. I fucked no, up but no, I, I think Judd Winnick also had in his... He had he had probably the, the, the mo most prominent run of... Uh, Kyle Rayner outside of Ron Moraz, his Kyle Rayner's creator. Um, but I think he had uh, an HIV positive character in that run as well. Um, and then, it, uh, like, uh, he he also did. Did you ever read um, Exiles, the original Exiles? I, I was looking this up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. Exiles. Exiles was awesome. Um, and I think yeah. it really he, that was 
uh, it really suffered once he left. Like I really lost interest once he once he left the book. Um, yeah. But yeah, Judd, he's 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 uh, he was probably one of my first uh, favorite writers. Like before I really like got into like mm-hmm. Bendis, and then sadly was super into Jeff Johns before I realized he's a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, are you hearing new stuff about Jeff Johns? No. A- anything just, new? Just the same. same no. Yeah, but no, it was it was uh, reignited in me because DC, as part of their uh, Pride Month rollout, which very telling that their Pride Month rollout only um, Crush and Lobo seems to have the logo. It's like your first thing of it, and it's only Crush and Lobo. Like I don't know if it's like only if it stars LGBTQ. Is it going to have I the think Pride that's what logo? It is. Okay. Yeah. Which is fair. That's that's what I was what but, I was gathering. But yeah, no, I was, uh, I, my passion for it was reignited because on Instagram they post like that cover of all their LGBTQ uh, people. Yeah. And I was reminded that when all the allegations of Jeff Johns were coming out, he didn't, it was like a Hollywood reporter, or, like Vanity Fair did like this huge long Ray Fisher like interview and like article about it. And all the comments were from Jeff Johns' uh, publicist. And he huh. tried to trot out um like all the diverse characters he made and tried to hide behind that and he threw out Batwoman because New 52 was written by committee um it was mm-hmm. uh Jeff Johns Grant Morrison Mark Wade and uh Greg Rucka and if you follow didn't, didn't Batwoman exist before New 52 the idea of Batwoman existed but not the Batwoman we know not, not Kate, 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 Kane. Kate Kane only came out in New 52 I believe so. I thought she had a short run before. No, well, there, no, the, the, I think it's what there might be a Kate Kane before, like a, a pre-crisis. Oh no, she came out in, in she came out in fifty two. That's what. Yeah. It was. Oh yeah, not new fifty two, fifty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh so, okay, uh, you were I saying say new fifty two. Oh, I said yeah. new fifty two. God, DC just fell in love with like. You do not 52, know what it's, 52, you do not know what it's like to come into your fandom while DC is hammering fifty two in your head. Um, yeah, Channel so, fifty two news here. Oh, uh, what hotel room? I'll take room fifty two. What? Yeah. Why all fifty two hours? It's like yeah, fifty two hours. Fifty, but like in the Arrowverse, like all the Arrowverse shows, it's like well. Um, I'm going to put my money on horse 52. Like why is 52 popping up so much? It's because of 52, because of that book. It's so popular that they won't let it die. I don't think it was Um, because of 52. I think it's because of new 52. Well, new 52 was because 52, like they fell in love. I feel like the number hit its big stride at new 52 where they were like, this is our number. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, that was the, the cementing of it. 52 was like the start of the psychosis and then new 52 was like, no, we're going to live here. Um, but yeah, but great. Like anyone, this is our zone. Yeah. Anyone who's read anything about Batwoman after 52 knows Greg Rucka was her creator. Like Greg Rucka literally handled everything with her and Renee Montoya. Um, and subsequently after that. So it's like for him to like throw her out there because she's so prominent as a CW character and like, right a bat character it's like you like that's like some stan lee level nonsense of just like your name is on that book but you like you probably said like hey what if her hair is red but like because it's like her costume is batman beyond just uh it's like batman beyond mixed with uh the batgirl costume or like yeah and so it's just like it's 
yeah, it's just for, I was just reignited about how much I Jeff Johns has fallen from grace for me. Because I really, yeah. literally, when I was running my Flash podcast, we had us our second series was our mini episodes in which we were marching through. I cataloged every single issue of the Flash Jeff Johns wrote, and like we were gonna, we were marching through it. We got to like thirty some odd books. Like we got well into his run on the Flash, and it was like then it was gonna be uh the, the blackest night stuff the, right. the final crisis stuff like everything he he did with it i was just like god i'm glad that's not still out there yeah uh i i have mixed feelings about jeff johns because uh just of my own fan being a fan of him and so uh uh it's been tough so for me i'm like uh i don't know I don't know. It's so, it's so, I don't believe him. I'm, it's just like, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's like, the thing about it is, is like, what, like I'm reminded of is like, he's probably just not as much a victim as Ray, not that, but just like he, he grew, like he came up in the system, like before he was famously Richard Donner's um, assistant. Like that was his claim to fame when he started. And so it's like, this guy's been in this system for so, so long. So who knows how twisted he got turned around over the course of that. And then, I mean, in comic books is such a toxic, like, I mean, it's, it's really not, it's one of those things of like, oh man, it's a bummer that it's you. But also if you just look at his profile, just like he was around, like he was around when uh, Eddie Bergerzer or however you say that, like that awful guy. Um, Who's the awful guy? Uh, Eddie Barragaza or whatever. I don't even want to bother to pronounce his name, last name yeah. right. But he was the editor, like the the head editor at DC, who like got like there's so many allegations against him. Oh. He was the 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 editor. If you look, f- four years ago, allegations were coming oh. out, and yeah, he was uh he was a piece of garbage. And it's just like yeah, so it's okay. just like there's, it's a bummer because yeah, he wrote some good stuff, um, but he sucks, and then and then yeah. Doomsday Clock sucked. Three Jokers sucked. <laughs> Anytime Three Jokers what, sucked. Doomsday Clock was whatever for me. I'm like, okay, cool, I, whatever. Yeah, I really liked the metaverse issue. The one where he's like explaining the multiverse as like a, a, a live being. Um, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, like that issue was fine. But like I, he... You can see a trend of his stuff where it's just like he has a viciousness to him. Like there is, a, there is, a, yeah, there's a viciousness to him. Like, know. well, I mean, both Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers, while black label adults, uh, adult-ish titles from uh, right. DC, like some of the stuff he did in uh, his Flash run, like the the murder of uh, Wally's kids. Um, Zoom like causing Linda to miscarry. His oh. his original creation was um, like his big original creation was uh, Murmur, the serial killer. Oh yeah, who ripped out his own tongue and, and sewed it up. Which uh, also Ethan Van Sky- Skyver, who's like Comic Gates. Yeah, uh, like the two of them are paired up with a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's um, and then like some others like he's got some dark stuff like also like brad metzler too like these guys just like if you look at their stuff like if you zoom the violence out, towards women fridging fringing women to move men's plot lines forward like but, but even like he does some cruel stuff to men too like he does a lot of fridging stuff but he does it's just like 
cruelty seems to really abound um, uh, sometimes in his stories. Yeah. I, I feel like, though, that's a, that, that could be a, I don't want to say an editorial decision, but could be just a general, like, what's in the water cooler these days, where you got to make yeah. comics believable. You got to make, you know what I mean? We're, we're talking competing with Invincible, competing with the boys now, like current Invincible and the boys. But, I mean, like, it's... what happens with people with power? But, like, it's interesting that we see this, like, deconstruction of the superheroes saying that if you have power, you abuse it. And then there are people with power in real life abusing power while they write about characters abusing power. Yeah, but it's there's all, like, because DC, like... DC's always it's always awkward when they try and be real because it's like you're not real Gotham City and Fawcett City and right. Metropolis and Bloodhaven and Central City right. East, like you're not a real place like right. Marvel has a much better time because they it was built in from the start and DC started that way like Jerry Siegel um, and Joe Schuster like made Superman to be like almost socialist in like his fight right. for freedom and then they toned it way, 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 way down and just brought up the fantasy. And now it's, it's, yeah, it's always a little awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there, I feel though that DC is always running behind themselves to be like, well, Batman is dark and gritty. Let's make all these characters dark and gritty, which means the world is dark and gritty and there is no hope. There is no hope for anyone. And like, that's kind of their edict, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And DC isn't good when it does that. DC is good when it realizes for every like shadow, there's a source of light, right? Like, I think it's just fantastical too. It's like what a little bit of what I was saying. It's like you're not real, so why are you trying to be real with some of the stuff? Why are you trying to show us like how, like it's one like the Joker, like some of the stuff he does is like he's done some terrible stuff, but it's done. It's been done by some writers in such a way that it doesn't feel gratuitous or gross. Um, like, uh, Brad Azzarello's Joker, uh, book that came out to tie in with the dark Knight, with him and Emo. like that is needlessly vicious, like cruel. But then like, is there some other stuff like he's done? Like in the same story, the death in the family story arc, opens with him becoming uh, a UN diplomat to the uh, to Iran. Saudi Arabia. Or, or sorry, is that, uh, oh, Saudi Iran. It is Iran, right? It's either Iran, Saudi Arabia, or a fake country. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like he like gets diplomatic immunity, and um, yeah. and then he proceeds to beat a child to death. Um, yeah. um I want to answer a real quick question before we move into comics, but Chris Reed Brown... We see you, Chris Reed Brown. We see you. You're always out there. Thank you so much. Uh, do you think Nolan did it right? Do you think Nolan did Batman right? This is going around on TikTok right now. And that is, did the Nolan Batman movies do Batman right? And the, 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 the surveyed people, their answers will surprise you. Is it are a lot of people saying nope? A lot of real comic book fans, like legitimate comic book fans, not just like, you know, uh, uh, we're talking like the comic book fans, not the movie fans, but like the comic book fans who have followed Batman for decades are like, no, he's not. He's not Batman. He's not Batman the way we would want Batman. Yeah, I can see that. 
I, I mean, uh, Dark Knight Rises really drops it. Like, it goes all oh, the way up at yeah. the ass. But, like, I think aside from, like, it's, like, Dark Knight, I think really gets it. I think does, does it get start- Batman or does it get the Joker? That's a big question. It definitely, but I mean, like, because it got the Joker, it allows Batman to be like, yeah, I think he gets it. And I, and like Alfred, like burning the letter for Rachel and all this stuff. Like, I don't think he, get, I don't think he got two face, um, but he got yeah. Harvey Dent. But yeah. yeah, I mean, but I, I also think people say that the, Adam West Batman didn't get Batman. It's like, that got Batman too. Um, he got Batman in the time. That Batman. But, but then like, some people are saying the like Frank Miller brought back the dark Batman, but also the fact n- is like he kind of ruined it in a way. Because now yeah. everything has to be Frank Miller Batman. Yes, but also those those are the those are the 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 Fairweather fans, I'll call them that, because everyone okay. knows it's Denny O'Neill who brought back uh, Dark Knight Batman. I love, in the 70s. I love that run. I love that yeah. run. Denny O'Neill and Adam, uh, Neil Adams, right? Yeah. Yeah, that run is my favorite because I remember that growing up. I want shirtless Batman sword fighting against Rachel Ghoul in the yeah. desert. Yeah, like sh- shirtless Batman, but not cowless batman he's no. just shirtless still has the hood love it yeah yeah because yeah. it's like it it is ridiculous it like literally like his first the, he, he saw a bat and i was like you know what got it um because right. batman like batman is by far by far the most versatile of every superhero he can go real real dark and it not um like feel too like it's straying too far uh-huh. and he can also be super light like my favorite yeah. my favorite batman moment probably of all time is the uh the season one finale of justice league unlimited where it's the the epilogue where it's in the future we get like 25 years even after batman beyond yeah um and we have this um, him and he's confronting old Amanda Waller, and she tells him the story of when Batman went to confront the that iteration of the Royal Flush Gang. They're led by this teenage uh, psychic named Ace, yeah. and Ace basically, born with psychic powers, was found very early and experimented on by the same people, like by the Amanda Waller people, um, and Batman uh, was told by Amanda Waller that the only way to stop her is to kill her. And told Amanda Waller, I'll do it. I will kill her. And in that moment, you're kind of like, I might see Batman kill someone. This might be yeah. like why we like are watching this episode, why she's telling this story. Is like we might see Batman right. kill someone for like a second. But then uh he goes in, he confronts her, and she says, like, I let you in because I knew you weren't gonna use her device. I knew you weren't gonna kill me. And like what Batman did was sit with a scared young girl while she Who was, was dying. dying. He was dying. Yeah. He just sat with her and he, he allowed, like, I love some people have been doing this a lot lately is just like really understand. And, and, and Nolan even did this and you don't like Tim Burton didn't do it. Schumacher didn't, Schumacher didn't do it, but like Bruce Wayne's an orphan. Like that gives like some connections. And I, I like when people kind of dig A vulnerability. Yeah. Darwin Cook in uh, DC Frontier. There's a moment where it starts off with Batman's in the go- 
golden age uh, uniform. And then like a couple issues later, he's in his uh, silver age uniform and he has Robin now. And Superman's kind of giving him a hard time. It's just like, I thought like, what's with the, are you getting soft to me, Batman? You got a, 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 a slimmer down look. You got this kid running around with you. And just like, my goal is to uh, inspire fear in criminals, not in children. Yeah. And it's like I like Amanda Waller in the Justice League Unlimited episode is like I've never seen anyone care for his fellow human uh, as much as Bruce Wayne, except for maybe Terry McGinnis. And Terry McGinnis is the son of Bruce Wayne. Right. And he's not a clone. Some people he's say a he's clone. a clone. He's they don't clone. understand how genetics works. But no, he's he's a, a test, essentially a test tube baby. Yes. In a way, his father, his father's not even a clone, but his father did become a uh, was unwillingly turned into a genetic duplicate of Bruce Wayne. Uh, yes and no. His father, his father held the essentially oh, no. Bruce Wayne's sperm. No, that's what I meant. I meant, I meant his dad. Yeah. Did I say Terry? Yeah, um, yeah Terry no, his dad. His dad became an unwitting genetic duplicate of Bruce Wayne. He's not well, a genetic duplicate. His, his, his semen became genetic duplicate of Bruce Wayne's semen. That's yes. what was that's what was turned into a, a weird roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's talk about getting cucked though. Like that's a yeah. That's, <laughs> no, it's 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 like the uh, like how like you know that George McFly and Lorraine had to have a conversation, but like why the fuck the Family Guy did this a uh, joke about this? Like yeah. Why does Marty look like Marty from high school? Well, Calvin Klein. Yeah. Why does he look like Calvin Klein? Yeah. Um, and just like. Terry's dad was redheaded. His, both his parents were redhead, and then they got yeah. two uh, black-haired sons. Because um, also Matt That's is a uh, Matt's. Matt would have to be Bruce Wayne's son too, right? Yes. Yeah, because there was we we never had any confirmation otherwise that it was a one-time deal. Like it was a, yeah. there was a time release on the genetic du- genetic duplication. Right. Okay. Talk about a convoluted story that didn't need to happen. It's kind of like Ray, Ray being a Palpatine. Like, why can't Terry McGinnis just be a person and not have to be the son of, like... I like it when legacy... Like, DC does a good job, for the most part. Legacy heroes don't tend to be the children. Like, yeah. like you know, sometimes it is, like, Wildcat and, and, and the second Wildcat. But, like, Dr. Midnight's, they're, they're not, like, related. Mr. Terrifics aren't related. Dr. Fates aren't related. Well, I think I think that why I give Terry a pass is it's like you brought up Ray. It's like it doesn't it's not happening. That wasn't revealed in Batman Beyond. It right. didn't impact like the actual heroic journey of, of Terry embracing the destiny as the new Batman. Yeah. Um, and they even kind of address it. He's just like Terry says, like, who who gives a shit about this? Like, even if I wasn't a clone, I it doesn't matter. Like, because like the whole plan was to turn him into Batman, and he's like, I yeah. turned into Batman anyway. It doesn't matter. Like, it still happened, and so, um, yeah, I, it doesn't impact him. And it and it honestly, it it just, but it serves a purpose, which is to deepen and uh, illuminate the father son relationship that Bruce and Terry already have. Yeah, they didn't need it then. No, but it's but it's they the same. They didn't need to be genetically related. If they have a father-son relationship, they have a father-son relationship. Also, it was more like a grandfather-son relationship, but yeah. But but here's what I like. It doesn't change anything. But all like I mean, I, I what I would say is 
we don't see the fallout of it. We don't see the goings on of that revelation. We just get it in the moment. And we yeah. just have that one interaction where he's just like, just like my old man and just accepts him. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it also like, it, it like, I don't know. I give it a pass, but I hear what you're saying. Okay. But because, okay. uh, yeah, it's it's a retcon. It's so after the fact. Like, how how many years after was it? Like five. Um, maybe five. Maybe five. Yeah. Four years. I, and it, But, like, it fed into the Justice League story. It gave a really beautiful, uh, poignant ending to Batman Beyond that didn't really get it a chance to have a finale. Justice yeah. League got to have – Justice League uh, – uh, the Justice League series got to have three finales – one for the Justice League show and two for Unlimited. Yeah. Because if you want, like, that episode ends with the mirror image of the first Batman, the animated series. Yeah. Shot of Man Bat flying, and then you see Terry flying in his suit. And it's, like, yeah. supposed to bookend because they thought it was the end. And Cartoon Network's like, could you give us another season? Yeah. And then we get the Legion of Doom uh, arc. Yeah. But yeah, so they got three, like, it got to give Batman one of its finales. Right. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Okay, I didn't. Right. I didn't find it cheap, because um, they were All like right. they were plan. That was, they were planning that to be the storyline of a sequel. Um, of like a, a Batman Beyond movie, a uh, second one. Oh, okay. And that was gonna be the the, the original plot was gonna be that, but with Catwoman. And like she care like it was gonna be like she carried him and like gave him up. So it was like he was gonna be the the son oh, of, of Catwoman, Bruce, Bruce and Selena. Okay. And I think this is a better thing. Because like, I like the fact that like Amanda Waller is just about like, her her plan makes sense. It's like, we need to make another Batman. And Terry, um, Matt, his parents matched. The, like, I, I don't know. I, I like it because it's in service. It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't, it's not Ray Palpatine. It's not something that was ever established like there is no way you are my father like we did the chest and then it's like oh wait but we checked it again it's not it's yeah. not a reversal it's it's something that's revealed after the fact and doesn't spoil anything because you could just ignore yeah. it through the entire batman beyond series because no one knows it yeah right um okay we're gonna move into comics that came out this <laughs> week but yeah we, we we hit a lot we hit a lot chris reed brown says thank you uh it's mad astute so, um, Matt conversation, uh, <laughs> Matt response. He says, thanks for diving into it. we got 332 people watching us on volume.com. Wow. Create an account, chat with us here. Like Chris Reed Brown is doing in the comments. We want to know what you think. We want to know your favorite superheroes. We want to know like the comics that you're reading out there. If you are reading, it is free to create an account. You just create an account and, uh, you, you go from there. Um, Trevor, a uh, good yes. amount of comics came out this week. I want to know what comics you read, and we can uh, we can go with it. I got these images prepped, and we're not going to talk about X-Men right off the bat because X-Men had a good three issues of different issues of different things. We'll All save X-Men for a little yes. bit. Um, yeah. Let's – okay. I Obviously, Amazing Spider-Man 67 and then Heroes Reborn. Um, uh, oh, wait. Hold on. I forgot to plug in my computer. Oh, okay, cool. I just forgot to plug the cord in. Um, but yeah, so amazing. Um, well, I was gonna say Amazing Spider-Man sixty-seven, and then we have uh, sort of as a 
a companion piece, Heroes Reborn 5, which is very much basically replacing uh, Spider-Man with uh, Nighthawk. And so is I feel it? like... The, yeah, that's... I mean, that's... It, it seems like... Because, I mean, that's always the comparison is Spider-Man and Batman have the best rogues gallery, the best supporting cast. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. that's what they, they just swapped it out. Because, like, you have the... what. The Marvel action, two action, two pack, whatever it's called. Uh, Marvel, Marvel double action. Here it is. The Marvel double uh, action. I'm bringing up the two tie-ins this week for Heroes Reborn. So, for anyone out there who who wants to know, there's a mini series right now going on called Heroes Reborn. There are five issues out out of six or seven, right? There's only a couple. Uh, yes, I think. But seven how are they going to the gonna wrap series. things up? But. I don't Whatever. know. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that. This is Heroes Reborn right here. Then there were two tie-ins this week. It's an alternate universe of Marvel that's supposed to o pay homage to DC Comics using Marvel characters. And the Avengers don't live in this universe. They're all, for some reason, not around. Like, Luke Cage is a cop. Like, he's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he's Commissioner, and, Cage is Commissioner Gordon, which is awesome. Yeah. And Falcon is like Robin or Nightwing yeah, and Darkhawk. And sort of also... Or to Nighthawk, sorry. Yeah, but also kind of a Flash Thompson. Because okay. that's... Like, if you read uh, the Marvel uh, double action, okay. um, you'll see it's basically um, just retelling the night Gwen Stacy died um, with Nighthawk in the Peter Parker position. And then uh, Gwen Stacy's in it. Harry Osborn is in his drug coma, um, okay. which he was going into um, the night Gwen Stacy died. And then Falcon's also there as like their buddy. And I believe it was Flash Thompson was the other person there with Gwen Stacy, okay. if not Mary Jane. Um, okay. But yeah, it is like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just sort of not in a bad way, but kind of like uh, uh, find or replace the characters. Right. But right. uh, let, let, let's hit, let's talk Heroes Reborn first, just uh, so we can kind of go through it. Cause you mm. know, um, what you, did you like Heroes Reborn five? How is this going to end? Because they haven't showed Blade or Captain America or Echo in a couple of issues. They, they alluded and showed like one panel, but like, how is this the main series that's going to wrap up in an issue or two? I, yeah, I don't know. This this series is kind of all over the place. The bit, I mean, kind of crazy to feel like so little has happened. But I feel like the Mephisto reveal in the last issue was the big reveal. Wait, which is it, what? What's the Mephisto which, which reveal? Did you the that Mephisto is God? But like, the, oh yeah, Coulson no, but was they, like they hinting the at that too. Like, no, but it's on, just like on the right. money. Yeah, in yeah, Mephisto, yeah. We trust. Um, but was it the same one two punch or was it not? Uh, the money was uh, in I thought Dr. It was, yeah, Spectrum, it, yeah, and then and then it shows the uh, the Mephisto statue, oh, at the altar, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, 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 it shows him on the money, he's tithing at the church, and then it says in Mephisto we trust, and then it the like last page is like a full page picture of Mephisto on the altar, yeah, um, yeah, because it's like, uh, it we don't even know who made the deal it's colson but why would colson's uh, deal yeah. affect a whole universe well we don't yeah and what was the deal is it like yeah 
It it's could like, just be a pocket universe. It, it maybe it's not affecting the Marvel six one six. You get what I'm oh, saying? Oh no, yeah. It. I don't like. This is its own little pocket thing. Almost like it's it's a little like uh, death metal, where it just is like this is all happening. We're gonna have some tie-in issues with characters, but like this is its own crazy thing. And when it's right. done, the universe will be set back to normal. So why don't the other books just tell their continue telling their stories, and we'll tell right. this and. Just imagine this happened uh, in between issues where it was messed up and then the world got set right. right. Boo, well, it's fine. It, it reminds me, okay, so there there are reality events, reality-changing events like House of M, where it's literally the whole universe changes, right? Yeah. In House of M. But then there's Age of X. Do you remember Age of X? Yes. Age of X had to do with Legion, I think. But the point being is that only the reality in... I think Utopia or or Asteroid M or whatever, the Nation X or whatever, they, it was called Fortress X. And it, the world didn't exist outside that little small area mm. uh, in, their, in their universe. So it didn't affect the whole universe. It just affected, like, Nation X. So, yeah. like, and any stories that they told outside of that were technically facsimiles of those characters. They weren't those characters being affected. Like, they had a Hulk tie-in for Age of X, but, like, Hulk was never affected by Age of X. So, thus, it's just a facsimile of the Hulk, and it's not Bruce Banner's soul in yeah. this new universe. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. It's a maybe in Heroes Reborn, maybe in Heroes Reborn, the only soul that's there is Coulson in the Squadron Supreme. Well, no, but what's Blade's deal? Like... Oh I, yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, blades around. Like I, honestly, when it, with these events, like this is clearly not shattering the world. It's not changing anything. They're just like you know what I, I like. It might even be. Um, is this the anniversary of it? I don't know. Like I forget the timing of it. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's just whatever. Like it's not like War of Realms or King in Black. It seems no, like it's like its own it's little special event um, for its own purposes. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not right. like looking at like how, yeah, because I'm like, I'm not like, well, why are the X? Why did the X Men change over? It's like, because I'm having way more fun with what Hickman's doing that I'm glad it didn't right. change over. So it's like, right. yeah, I don't. I, I think this is Marvel just having some fun with some of their books, trying some stuff okay. out. Or Jason and Aaron had an idea, but yeah, because yeah, it does. It's not bleeding it in any way. It's um, not a universe change. I don't think the universe changed. It could just be an illusion. Yeah. You know? But yeah, well, I mean, we'll, I guess we'll we'll find out whether it's revealed. Because, yeah, it does feel very weird. Although I think Nighthawk, this is the last one, because there's only, I think, traditionally five members of Squadron Supreme. Right. Hyperion, Dr. Spectrum, Nighthawk, um, Power, Power Princess, Princess, and... Uh, uh, Blur. Uh, blur. I think I said Doctor Spectrum. Um, yeah. And then the Aquaman person, but I forget what they're. But he's only in that one issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's like yeah, there's only I think five of them, so we've covered all all of them in the individual issues, and we still have two left. So hopefully that'll be the exposition exposition yeah. uh, stories. Yeah. These but could have all... been tie-ins though. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, like I don't, I I hate when I have to go to a tie-in to get answers. Not like death metal was really bad with that. 
Like I didn't like I was digging the stories that were in it. Like it got lucky because it's like, all right, you, you're doing good tie-ins, but yeah. I do I do not like having to jump off the main series to get a like a big story point. Right. Like if I if I'm gonna know what Guy Gardner's doing during Blackest Night, I'll go read that book. But if Guy Gardner's going to have a a huge turning point moment in the story, I don't want to have to go read his three issue miniseries to know what that right. is. I want the the book itself to take the time to tell those stories. Because yeah. um, you know is, what event I think did it really well. Infinite what? Crisis had the four tie in series, and that was it. But you didn't have to read them. There was. Day of Vengeance, Secret Six, OMAC Project, and... Uh, Villains United. Uh, Did you say that? That was the Secret Six one, right? That's, yeah, that's Secret... Yeah, so Villains United, um, OMAC... Uh, oh, this is gonna bug me. Day of... Yeah, Day of Vengeance. Day of Vengeance, OMAC, your brother I... Yeah. Was there a Checkmate one? Maybe. But Checkmate, I think, was also going at the time, so I think it was just tying in. Or maybe that was just OMAC. Project. Oh, I think it was Journey, point... into, Journey into Space. There was Journey into Space because that was handling all the stuff with uh, okay. the crazy cosmic war. Yeah. You know, the Ranthanagar War, I think, was what Ranthanagar it was. Ranthanagar War. Yeah, Ranthanagar Yeah, because war. That, that ended with the reveal that they were all fighting in the dimension that Alexander Luther was working in. And then yeah. yeah, villains, villains United had the reveal that Alexander Luther was posing as Luther, yeah. um, and then OMAC. yeah, the OMAC was about Brother I and um, the. There was a uh, lot going on during Infinite Crisis. Yeah, but that was all, like that all led up to it too. Like right. you could, I think, like for the most part, like those series were. Yeah, I think they were done by the time Infinite Crisis started. Because, like, Villains United ends with um, Alexander Luther revealing himself and then killing Pariah. Then Day of Vengeance leads into why uh, Spectre goes crazy down the line. Right. Um, and then... But I yeah. think they're concurrent because there's the there's the Iron Heights breakout that happens at the end of Villains United. Yeah. And then... I think that's Iron Heights breakout, right? At, Villain, at the end of Villains United? Uh, anyway, I forget, but yeah, no, but it was, it was tight. It was very tight. And then they, um, they definitely, uh, uh, you didn't really have to get off the series to understand the major plot points. Um, yeah. final crisis did a good job of that. Um, it was okay. pretty, it was pretty contained and they really only had like one, like basically it was just anything written by Grant Morrison was what was applicable. And he wrote, three other one shots or he wrote um seven he wrote, soldiers no seven soldiers was a part of final crisis there was he did like it Resi wasn't? yeah that was before that thing oh. um it was resist um submit uh resist revolt or something and then uh man okay. beyond 3d but again yeah okay. like the, grant morrison handled the tie-ins uh themselves and so I did not like Final Crisis anyway. So let's. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to talk. It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The hero Spider-Man though. Oh, oh, oh. are we talking Heroes Reborn? No, I was. Yeah, I was just gonna say like, yeah, I don't know. This 
it 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 still has the potential to add up in the end, but there's still there's some heavy lifting still needed to be done. Right. But I'm not I'm not writing it off yet. But I definitely hear you. Just like, what is going on? How is this going to wrap up? Right. Um, Amazing Spider-Man though. Uh, the there was two things going on in this issue. Uh, let me let me bring up the uh, thing. And there's two things going on in this issue. First things first is that Betty Branch is back in town. She's pregnant with Ned Leeds' kid. Mm-hmm. You read this one, right? Yes. But the problem is, Peter Betty doesn't know that Ned Leeds is dead, but Peter or knows that Peter he? didn't. Or is he? And so then there's that big twist at the end. And so we got to like figure that out. And then there's also the, the secondary storyline with Teresa May, Teresa May Parker, right? Is that her name? Or is it just Teresa Parker? I mean, it'd be unfortunate if she was Teresa May. Um, Why? Just because that's the British prime minister who sucked. Um, no, uh, yeah. Teresa Parker. Um, yeah. Peter Parker's uh, sister, which I'm surprised. I was, I didn't think she was canon. She is I read, canon. I do, yeah. Has she been in as as uh? She's has been she in been Amazing in... Spider-Man a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I admit I jumped in like I've caught up on Spider-Man, but like I jumped back in because like that I know so much about Spider-Man that I'm just like, all right, if I'm jumping at the beginning of the story arc, I I'll figure out the context pretty easily. And so there's yeah, right. there's a, there's a chunk of stuff because yeah, I didn't know I didn't know Ned Leeds was dead. I didn't I haven't read that little story. Uh, you never uh, read the Clinton conspiracy or whatever? I did, but I didn't know it, the other story about yeah. when Ned escaped and everything. I didn't. I, I don't think I read that one, which is weird because I thought I'd been reading every single issue. But all right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I read Clinton conspiracy. Um, okay. Which whatever. Um, <laughs> I liked it, but all right. I just yeah, slot. His yeah, I don't know. Superior Spider-Man was the peak of slot. Okay. And I think he that's where he was building towards. And I don't think he fully had his post uh, his post superior Peter Parker idea fully formed. Yeah. As well as he did with his his goal for Doc Ock. Yeah. Um but yeah, speaking um, of Mephisto and Spider-Man. <laughs> even though he did, in fact he said nothing in this issue. But oh, yeah, yeah. he's coming. Um, um we we see Chameleon, Teresa dealing with Chameleon, and then there's a, like a, a thing at the end with Doctor Octopus, right? Yeah, they're they're setting up Sinister War, and uh, I don't know what that's going to be, but uh, we shall see. Yeah, um, I'm like the way every, the way everything's building, and the fact that Sinister War is coming, it makes me think that um, everything happening with like. The stuff that we just had with um, Harry uh, Osborne and I forget his I'm forget, I'm spacing on his name now. Um, Kindred. Kindred. Um, everything going like I think that's all coming to a head in a hundred. Okay. Like because we're at sixty seven and it's just yeah. like there's there that feels like there's a lot more pieces and now that Sinister War is being teased, I think like that's going to be the next build and maybe what'll be launched or and conclude in 75 um and that milestone issue but i think yeah i think the mephisto stuff and the the culmination of like whatever nick spencer wants to do with the brand new day stuff i think issue 100 is when we're finally going to get all that settled 
I, what what more like I don't care if they deal with Brand New Day as much as I need them to uh, get rid of what's the Gwen Stacy one Original Sin what's that Oh yeah Original Sin where she uh, sleeps with Norman Osborn I I need them to figure that out I don't care about Brand New Day I need them to figure that that out because I can't deal with that Yeah I don't know if they did they ever. He, did they did his kids come back that Gabriel they came back once right but like it's been a while and they haven't retconned it officially yet so why not yeah I don't know I would have thought if they've come if they come back since Straczynski's run uh that's yeah you would have thought that they would have just wiped it under the floor and just said oh it's part of Mephisto's wish oh. um yeah, I didn't. I like if they, if they haven't appeared since Straczynski, then I'd imagine they've been retconned away. I don't know. I don't know. Um, they haven't officially said it. So if anyone we'll is, anyone happens. in the chat wants to do some uh, investigation into uh, Grey Goblin, I believe is uh, the that'll be the quickest way to find out about the that the son. I forget what the daughter's the son's name. I think is Gabriel, and I forget the daughter's name. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that thing sucked. Straczynski, it's like, it, 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 my my like, uh, harsh words for slot are like doubled for Straczynski. Like that guy, I re I like dug the the Moreland arc, that first arc. Then he had his infamous terrible nine eleven issue, and then it was still good for a little while. But then I think once John Romita Jr. left, it just. Yeah, it went up its own butt about. Everything. I'm not a fan of John Romita Jr. Uh, Chris Reed Brown says Gabriel and Sarah Stacy. Okay, um, are they uh, are they still around, Chris? Could you could you look that up for us? <laughs> what was the most recent uh, appearance of Gabriel and Sarah Stacy? That's a good yeah. question. Let uh, you want to move on to another comic while we figure that out? Um, yeah. Um, I thought, I'm thinking if there's any amazing Spider-Man stuff left to talk about. Um, uh, wait, at the end of last Amazing Spider-Man, didn't they show that Harry Osborn is alive? Did they do that a couple issues ago, either last issue or the one before, where oh, they were no, like, he, so, then, so then Harry can't be Kindred? No, he is Kindred. He is alive. Like, he took off the mask, and it's like a mask for him. But... Like, Am I? I can't be been imagining no, this. No, Harry. Harry's alive. Like, what do you? What do you? But not as Kindred. Wasn't no, there he a is scene? Kindred? I know he's supposed. No, to be. his his the secret was that he, like, he didn't offer Norman redemption. He didn't offer his dad redemption. No, I know that. That was the reveal. Now, I'm, Harry, I'm gonna Harry's, read some some of the past ones, but yeah, okay, all right, I'll get back. Yeah, to no, that. Harry. Harry's definitely. Kindred, and, and it makes sense, especially if it seems Mephisto was the one. Like, I, it seems if they haven't explicitly stated this, but I don't think they have. It's like it seems Harry went insane, no, like with the knowledge of the wish of the wish being made by Peter, and right. that that brought him back to life, and like that's, um, so, yeah. Oh, uh, Chris Reed Brown says second version of American Son is their last appearance, which means and that, that's that American is, when the, uh, the, in the suit, the Iron Patriot suit, right? Yeah, so that's uh, Dark Reign, and that is that is post Straczynski. So, Ugh. 
I hate it. Um, they'll, they'll wreck on that. They'll wreck on that. Um, what, what were you gonna say? Uh, well, I was gonna say. I mean, we don't know what the if Mephisto's wish is undone. Like we'll right. see what happens. We need to figure that out. Um, yeah. Hopefully in time. Um, are you uh, are you reading any other uh, like what else did you read this week? Uh, I read Justice League. Um, okay. I've been digging it. I, I like it. Um, I like it. We've we've been we've been kind of saying that like oh Bendis is writing good good characterization. Is that yeah. kind of. Yeah, I think it's, it's staying true. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, because I think, yeah, last time I was on was last month when it happened. Um, but I uh, I read Naomi. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. How How is it? I haven't read Naomi. It's, I thought it's great. It's it's really good. It's, it's classic Bendis, um, even more so uh, than, like, Justice League, like... Yeah, enough to create a series off of, like a like the CW series that's coming out in the fall. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I I mean, Bendis. Let's Bendis created the the Spider Man we know today. In some of the like biggest, most like modern characters, right? Yeah, the the characterization for Spider Man is create was created by Bendis. The MCU Spider Man is Bendis' Spider Man. Uh, in, in a way, and, because and, it's based kind of off of it, Miles. No, it's based on Ultimate Peter Parker. Like that, it's uh, Peter. Oh, Band. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan Lee had Peter Parker in high school for twenty-eight issues. He got him. He he got Spider-Man so out of high school so quickly because he. I finally realized why he did it. Marvel was super popular uh, in the sixties with college students. Stan Lee was touring college campuses, talking to people. So that's why he got him out of high school, like within huh. two years. Yeah, Spider-Man's done with high school, and like by issue twenty-four or twenty-eight. And then he's okay. in college for 200 issues. But yeah, so Spider-Man, at like, Bendis wrote, like, has a much longer tenure of teenage high school Peter Parker than Stan Lee or any other writer ever has. And yeah. so, and and Ned Leeds is totally ganky. Uh, and Miles yeah. Morales is the star of Spider-Verse. Um, and so, really, yeah, Bendis is responsible for everything we know, like modern MCU Spider-Man. And so I think he created a, a good enough platform that you could take that premise and jump off of it. Yeah. Cause it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like super, it's like multiversal Superman is kind of her story. Like she's right. from an alternate earth that, so she's from an alternate earth where some event uh i forget exactly some event causes um random like group of like 50 people across the world to develop superpowers okay kind of like the big bang in static yeah it's i would it's a little bit more ironic since it was announced it was canceled today a little bit more jupiter's legacy of just like a group of people get the powers and rise up and realize that they could help shape the world in more than like a dc marvel superheroes kind of way right um but then there are others um who are terrible people um yeah i think one was literally a death row inmate like he got transformed while he was in the electric chair um but um but yeah it's it's a solid premise but yeah bendis hasn't explored it like really naomi is that six issue miniseries, a couple of Young Justice, and now this um, 
Justice League run. And so there's very right. little material. So yeah, this this show is is going to be telling its own story. Like they're going to be unhampered by anything Naomi's done in the comic because they're probably going to do stuff before Naomi does it in the comics. Right. And so yeah, I think it's it's got a you could launch a show off of it. Just whether or not what it's the hands of the writers and the showrunner if it's going to be good because yeah, yeah there's there it's going to be all original content yeah um we got 556 people watching us on volume.com slash the keeg show again nice. create an account uh i don't know where you guys came from but we want to know where you guys are from what your name is who you, your favorite characters are what you guys want to hear on this show uh you can create an account it is free you do not have to donate any amps to us just having you here uh, is is enough. Just having your company, and so we got Chris Reed Brown in the comments. We got Rock Coleb. Uh, we, we got like Chris uh, Reed Brown doing research for us in the comics. Like yeah. we got, he's not just in yeah. the comics. He's doing work for us. Yeah, um, and so like 536 people out there, like a couple of you guys, create an account and uh, come say hi to us. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, ha we're having a good time. We're talking comics and, uh, uh, hopefully if anyone has any questions, then, you know, we're the people to ask. Um, um, so yeah, Justice League has been good. Uh, I like the lineup. I really do. Yeah. Um, Hawk girl is back front and center, you know, like she, she hasn't been for a while, not with the Justice League. Uh, Naomi's on there, Hippolyta's on there and Hippolyta hasn't been a member of the Justice League since Grant Morrison's run. Yeah. Like, do you remember that? There was, like, a couple of issues of which, like, Wonder Woman had died or became the goddess of truth or whatever, and then Hippolyta fills in for her in mm -hmm. the in the lead, and that's Grant Morrison's run. So Hippolyta's yeah. back, and it's been 20, 25 years now. Yeah. And so um, Black Adam is there, but Black Adam also had a, had, a, had, a, had a thing, right? Didn't they have a fling with Hippolyta? Hey, Hippolyta? It's C, I think it's, like, in the the far past since they're both kind of immortal beings oh yeah um, a couple thousand years ago yeah but i mean that yeah. wouldn't surprise me um yeah that they got down yeah um and like yeah and black uh as far as i know this is his first time in the league black because, adam's first time in the league he's yeah. been on the justice society that's what i was gonna say it's like he, he we, we've seen him um like a act as part of a team before and like redeem himself that was also really before at, at least my understanding before like him being the ruler of kandak really solidified like um, I, yeah, I don't because he had to take back kandak and that's why he left the justice society because yeah. him and those and Adam Smasher and what Brainwave and Artemis I think was his team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have he has like forms a splinter group, but like I don't remember yeah. that being. I thought like as far as I was aware, he's like more of a like he was just opposite uh, Captain Marvel Shazam for like a long time. Yeah. Um and so yeah, like a lot of this, like a lot of the stuff that we kind of associate with him now is still pretty recent. Um, inventions and we, yeah we have seen him kind of go good and i think bendis has a good uh eye for like what what this character needs where it's not going to feel like oh you're just redeeming him because you want to use him or because the rock's going to be in a movie so you got to make sure you have black adam in there i think bendis is someone yeah. who could take potentially corporate editorial notes like that and make it seem like it's true to the story he wants to tell right Right. I, I'm I'm on the Bendis train now. I, I, I haven't always been, 
Ultimate Spider-Man is obviously amazing, but yeah. like Bendis, um, my problem with Bendis is he doesn't write good cosmic level or like, like I didn't like Bendis on the Avengers, like the Avengers Avengers, like new Avengers. Okay. But like, I don't, I didn't like Bendis like when they're fighting big, huge yeah. universe his, ending battles. Yeah. His Avengers run didn't really spark anything for me. Um, I loved his X-Men run. Surprisingly, I loved a lot of that. Um, because it also at the time, like it was, it was a really, when was that? That was, uh, the kid, the, uh, the original five brought into the future. Oh yeah. I like, yeah. Yeah. I think that was a fun, that was a fun, uh, dynamic for a long while. Um, and so I really like, I liked that run, but I think you're right. Yeah. His, his guardians run was so, so, uh, his Avengers run was so, so. And I think level is where it's at for him. Yeah. But at the same, like, I what's funny is I think his his bigger stories, in like his uh, Legion of Superheroes stuff was really cool. And so far, like what he's done with Naomi and and what he's doing with his Justice League run is is cool. And that's yeah. big ideas. But I think it's because he has the trappings of DC. Like, this is like places where people make like wishes and magic really really is real. Right. As opposed to like in Doctor Strange, where it's like pseudo explained and like literally there is like magic, magic in the DC universe. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think like because of that, I think Bendis is because, yeah, I, I didn't, his Superman was so so. And honestly, like Superman is more in line with who I would expect Bendis to write and be able to like have some fun with. But I don't think it really popped as well as it should have. Right, right. Um, I do like his Justice League, and I hope that, like, I love the attention Black Canary and Green Arrow are getting. Yeah. No, he's, like, I think the the indicator of of a, someone's Justice League is who are the secondaries. So it's, like, obviously yeah. you're going to have, you're going to have the big five, which is which are, which Batman, are? Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, a speed, uh, a flash, and Aquaman. You th- no, Aquaman's not the fifth. Green Lantern's the fifth. There's always a Green Lantern. That's true. yeah, no, not yeah, yeah, a- yeah, no, okay, yeah, no, I'll say yeah because there's not an Aquaman in Justice League. So yes, I will say, but then yeah, Justice League Unlimited. Well, it also has Martian Man. Martian Manhunters. If you would have asked me that, if I would have been having this conversation 10, 15 years ago, Martian Manhunter yeah. would have been up there. But I think... Always on the list, yeah. But yeah, but it's just New 52, they really just punted him off the Justice League. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I th- yeah, I think you're right. I'll, I'll take back Aquaman and say a, a Green Lantern. And then, right. like, yeah, who you fill <clears throat> it, the other slots with. Like, Brad Metzler, his run, like, he had Vixen and Red Arrow and... um a few other people and then like uh james robinson he had he had a crazy justice league where he it was when batman was dead and then he had Monel as the superman and donna troy as wonder woman like he did his run when, with what was this um uh 2006 2007 you remember the new krypton storyline where like Krypton came right. back and there was it was like became like a binary planet to Earth. Yeah. It was that time. And Batman was dead at the time. Batman okay. was, yeah, Batman was dead, and so it was Dick Grayson Batman. 
Um, and then I forget what. Oh, so what. Dick Grayson was Batman on the league? Yeah, Dick Grayson was Batman and on the Mon-El league. And Mon-El was Superman. And Mon-El and was Donna Superman. Troy. And Donna Troy was the Wonder Woman. Why am I? Okay, all right. I mean, it was that was also Mark Bagley's first like uh, run at DC when he jumped over after being a Marvel for like forever, um, and then uh, yeah, like like you can tell like I like the secondary people that Bendis is filling it with, right? That he has um, that he has Hot Girl coming back and like Hot Girl, I I don't know she's. I think the Justice League uh, characterization of her is the best. I think that's what suits her. Um, because I think for a long time, Kendra Saunders was, no one really knew what to do with her until Justice League because Hawkman already has such bloated continuity. Like he is, yeah. if everyone, yeah. exp- any like comic fans like, oh, you want to know about bloated continuity? Let me tell you about Hawkman. And yeah. then you have like Shiera, um, as like Hawkwoman, like it, she yeah. was just all over the place. And I don't think until Justice League came around, there was a definitive sort of version uh, version of her. Like say, like, I mean, Mr. Freeze, we know like really didn't have a characterization until Batman, the animated series came along. And right. so Bruce Tim like kind of gave some of these main characters, like who they are and um, that the comic books have adapted because they realized like, you didn't really, really have a take on them. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Green Arrow, Black Canary, um, they're always wonderful. And I do like that we, yeah, we have the in love Black Canary and Green Arrow, and like, right, I love them. I love them so much. Yeah, like at this point, it's like you have these characters, like Elongated Man and and Sue Dibney, although they're long gone and dead. I don't even know what the hell's up with them. Um, But like, you have like these characters, like they're just meant to be, like. Yeah, maybe Peter Parker's better off single, but Green Arrow and Black Canary just fit. Like, yeah, yeah, maybe they don't need to be married and have rings on, but like have them in a relationship. Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon, I think, same way. As much as everyone wants okay. to ship him with Starfire, I'm, I'm I like him I'm, with Barbara. I like I'm, him with Barbara. I'm Dick and Barbara all the way. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, let's uh, uh, let's move on to. Uh, do you read any other DC titles this this week? Uh, I flipped through Suicide Squad. I'd read three and then flipped through four. Um, I I'm not. I don't want to say it's bad. I just don't know where this is going. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wish Gil Barron was here to talk to us because he had some he had some thoughts about it. But basically, he's not impressed by the new Suicide Squad run. I get it. I'm not impressed either. Uh, he has his theory on who Red X is. Um, do you do you have any idea on who Red X is going to be? No, I also haven't been. I haven't read the last few Titans, so I really haven't oh, seen yeah. him in action. And like just skimming through this, um, yeah, I don't really have anyone. Yeah, isn't his theory Tim Drake? His or- theory is Tim Drake, but that doesn't that. He says Tim Drake, but it, that doesn't fit with what we've seen in Titans Academy. But like, yeah. it could be. Um, Again, yeah, I just, they missed a they missed a big thing. They could have had it be Damien. Yeah, because especially since he like had that whole thing of just like I, that's how the last Titans book ends. Basically, is with him renouncing his Robin title and going off on yeah. his own. 
Yeah. Um, but now, like in his Robin series, which I love, I love, I love okay. the uh, the new Robin series. Um, yeah. But he's Robin. He's just in a black suit. Right. He's like still Robin. Everyone's still calling him Robin. Um, but yeah, I love, I love it because they're like, they're remembering he's a ten year old boy. And it's like it doesn't matter if he's a he's a murderer and a killer and he was raised by the League of Assassins. He's still a ten year old boy. Uh, and so is he ten? Like, Somebody said he was thirteen. Now he can be, he might be thirteen, but like he yeah. is at oldest thirteen. Yeah. But it's just like yeah, like he's they had like a little runner is that he's reading this like um uh s- like I, I guess it's like a magical uh, a magical girl manga. Um, okay. It's just like this, like made up series for the book, but he's like reading it, and it's like, oh, it's a little bit of a coping mechanism because he also ha- he's also kind of haunted by uh, Alfred talking to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's good. I, yeah, I don't. Damian Wayne's my he's my second favorite Robin because Dick Grayson's although, but like, I, I haven't read like honestly haven't read too much in continuity Dick Grayson stuff as Robin. Like Dick uh, Grayson was. Dick Grayson was already Nightwing before any of us were born. Yeah. And so it's just like, I didn't re- like, I mean, I've read like long Halloween, like stuff that has him like, and yeah. like, I like him when he's in it, but like in terms of like the main storyline, the main books being published, Damon's yeah. my favorite of the, of the Robins I've been exposed. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake's mine. amazing. Blah, 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 blah. He was my favorite <laughs> too. But like, I think, but like Tim Drake, like, has so severely outgrown Ro- uh, being Robin. Like, to the point right. where it's, like, it's embarrassing he's still wearing the costume. Yeah. It's almost like a guy who graduated high school still wearing his Letterman's jacket. Yeah. Trevor, uh, I don't know why you're not on TikTok. You're not on TikTok, right? No. Oh, I, I am. There's, but a I, good, there's a good community. Somebody brought up a really good idea. Which is? Damien should be Flamebird to and team up with Nightwing. And they should, because they have the closest relationship. Wait, Damien or Tim? Damien. Let yeah. Tim be Robin. Let Damien be his own man as Flamebird. And then you still yeah. get that Batman and Robin dynamic that we got when they were both Batman and Robin, but you get that with Nightwing and Flamebird. I see it. I didn't come up with this. Somebody on TikTok did, and That's it, not I bad. thought it was an amazing, amazing That's not idea. bad. But it's also, but I mean, let's remember that that night, like... Nightwing and Flamebird is a Superman. Uh, those are Superman characters that was repurposed and retconned into being the inspiration for Nightwing's name. Right. Um, but but yeah, no, that'd be... Bet, Bet Kane. Bet Kane was Flamebird. Yeah. But I, I would. That would be fun, because I mean, like, especially with like Tim Drake, um, kind of popping in. It would be fun if now Dick's got the. The dog, he's got the girlfriend, he's got the money, and now he's got his littlest brother that he's got to take care of. Right. Um, living right. with him. But yeah, no, that would be fun. Because, that, yeah, that's honestly my favorite duo is the two of them. Yeah. I do like their duo. Um, and, I mean, I like it whenever whenever Nightwing plays Big Brother. Like, when yeah. Nightwing plays Big Brother to Tim, when Nightwing plays Big Brother to, to, to Damien... I want more of Nightwing and Jason. I want more. To, but you know? they're, they're like a year apart brothers. They're like twins, older brother, yeah. younger brother. And they didn't like hang that. out at all, right? They yeah, no, but it's, 
but like they're he died yeah but they're like the ones who are in the biggest competition they're the ones who have the biggest fights and dust-ups they're the ones who like okay, expect yeah. the most out of each other and get the maddest at the other when they fail like yeah i think they're yeah because like it's very clear like older brother younger brother with tim and uh damien but yeah, yeah jason todd is the one who's like a year younger yeah and it's like ha- like he they had it like uh, up until um infinite crisis or crisis on infinite earths he dyed his hair yeah he was a redhead yeah. and like yeah. he made him dye his hair to look like dick like he literally lived up until crisis on infinite earths was built to be a replacement dick grayson not just a replacement robin replacement dick grayson um, right, and there's I, I loved when uh, Grant Morrison they had him uh, redheaded in the Batman and Robin when they did the Red Hood and uh, what's her face the girl who got Professor Pitt doll, that doll yeah that doll, doll girl uh, doll face or something yeah um yeah we got off on a real huge town yeah. t- I mean, talking we'll about characters who are not in any books released this week <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll bring it back. But basically somebody was saying that Batman is best not as a loner anymore, that this like Frank Miller loner thing is like overdone. Let's have the Bat family and that be like the new normal now, you know? Yeah. I personally am interested in the Bat family more than I am Batman. I want Batman and his relationships because like I've talked about with you, I love my teams. And I, I want Batman on the Justice League. I want Batman running the Outsiders. I want Batman and his Bat family. Well, you know? okay. Let's circle back to a question you had much earlier in the podcast as to okay. whether or not Christopher Nolan got Batman right. Right. And I feel the family aspect is where he's completely shanked it. Right. Like the whole point of like, like I, everyone who has a problem with like, oh, I'm not gonna put Robin in there. Like, go fuck yourself. Right. Like it's like that is the whole point of the character is that he is it's not the it, half of it is the superhero side, which is I became a superhero because crime was committed against me and I do not want that to happen. Right. That's the superheroic, that's the the motive for that side. The other right. side of it is that an eight-year-old boy had his family ripped away from him. And this is a story of that eight-year-old boy growing into a man who builds his own family that he was robbed. And he right. brings in people who were also robbed of their families. Dick Grayson famously is an orphan, same as Bruce. And then uh, Jason Todd was an orphan as well, up until we found out his mom was alive. Um yeah. Tim Drake was not, but became orphaned. Um, yeah, but that's the cool part about Tim Drake. Tim Drake earned Tim, his Robin. Tim life. Drake, yeah, Tim Drake's the only one who jumped in and wasn't like called upon by tragedy. Yeah, um, yeah no, that is the I, that's the separating point of uh, Tim Drake and why he is he was my favorite Robin for a long, long time. Like I loved him um, through Identity Crisis. Uh, Dude, Identity Crisis. Um. Uh, uh, justice. There's a lot of really, really good Tim Drake stuff. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, he just grew out of it, and they and they didn't give him the respect of a Dick Grayson Nightwing transition. They didn't give yeah. him that story, and now he's just. He, well, they, they tried to give make him Red Robin, which is stupid, but it wasn't earned. Like it, it was, 
he like had like a freak out because Connor died in Infinite Crisis. It's like, all right, like that was like the impetus for it, or at least right. down the line, like that's what it became. But yeah, like he, it never became anything. I think of also because he jumped into it and still had family. He was the first member of the family who was like a cousin. He was like a cousin compared to the two sons of Bruce Wayne. Just Dick right. Grayson and Jason Todd. Well, and then he literally with Jamie Wayne. He had his own yeah, father. Yeah, he had his own father for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that um that's what so many people don't realize about Batman. Same way so many people don't real don't think about how Superman is an immigrant story. Right. Um, it's like Bruce it, Batman is the story of a child whose family was taken from him and uses his life to build his own family out of people who've lost right. their families. Right. Um, let's use a little bit of minutes before we get to X-Men, a little bit of minutes to hit a couple other comics, just really quick uh, uh, summations. And then we can finally hit the X-Men because they got the the Hellfire Gala uh, uh, was started this week and they planted a couple seeds that we're going to see play out well, over the course of this month. I actually um, wrote notes. Good, because I will need to see those notes. Uh, not see those notes, but refer to them at least, uh, because there was a lot that happened. But yeah. before I uh, before we do, let's uh, let's go through a couple of. Did you read Crush and Lobo? Flip through it. Did get a chance. Love it. Um, we were talking about this before the podcast, but is is Crush queer or or pan? She um, is. She is. As far as we know lesbian okay she has not she has not shown any interest in anyone male uh she has only showed interest in that genie girl in teen titans that that damien liked because damien and crush both like the genie girl and then we see crush with her new girlfriend who uh is plus sized she reminds you of gertie from from runaways and i get that runaways kind of gertie vibe as well as kind of that kind of uh uh, queer love that we see in Runaways uh, that we see there. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just curious because uh, it's the only, uh, I was mentioning it's the only DC title to be released this week that has the um, the Pride logo on it. Yes. And I was I was curious if that was DC. I thought when I first saw that they were promoting it, I thought it was going to be line-wide, but it seems like it's only on... Uh, titles that feature or star uh lgbtq plus uh uh characters right um and that's as far as i know that that's that the dc pride anthology comes out next week marvel has one called like voices or something that comes out um and i uh i've been talking a little bit ill on mariko tamaki i think that's her name the writer of crush and lobo here because I did not like her writing in the Women of Marvel comic. She wrote the short stories in the Women of Marvel comic, and I did not like it. Um, it's just, it, it was just, it was a bit contrived and kind of basic, uh, her writing there. But I did like her writing in this Crush and Lobo, and I thought it was an interesting, I thought that goop, the alien goop thing kind of twist was kind of cool. Like, did you did you read that part? Uh, I'm trying to remember, trying to remember, yes. 
basically she kicks an alien. Yeah, she yeah, kicks, yeah, yeah. She kicks an alien. She gets goop on her shoes, but then she realizes she didn't decontaminate herself, so she ends up contaminating her girlfriend's sweet sixteen or whatever. And people have to like run away, and she ruins the sweet sixteen. And uh, uh, you know she feels bad about that. And so like. Yeah, when you kick an alien, everybody, make sure that you decontaminate your shoes because the goop got everywhere. And so, uh, and then also there's low, the, the premise of the, the book, at least in this first issue, is that Lobo is in prison and he wa- is trying to be a better man or like that prison is taking him through a program in which he has to like be like, okay, I'm a father, I'm responsible. So it's kind of funny. Like there, there is a like there, there is a comedy to it, and so we will see. I like, I like comedic Lobo. He can be oh, yeah. violent, but I like comedic Lobo. I don't like uber violent anti-hero Lobo. Yeah, again, people like over time just misremember what like was about Lobo because it's like no, it's it's the dark humor. It became graphically violent because the original writers of his stuff were like, we want to have some fun moments. And what's better than this intergalactic bounty hunter who can't be killed than to just be extraordinarily violent. But it's like, but it's right. fun. It's like a, it, Garth Ennis is so good at that. But it's like we're having fun while people are getting their uh getting kicked in the nuts so hard they're flying off into space. Like we're gonna I don't like Garth Ennis. You know that, right? Uh, uh, well, I also haven't read Preacher, so that's the one thing that I haven't read. But, like, The Boys is trash. The Boys comic is garbage. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna, I, I like it, but it is lesser than Preacher. But Preacher is... So good. I, it's got some outdated. It's got some outdated ideas in it. Uh, I'll be yeah. the first to admit that. But it's all. I mean, it's also like written in '95 and do and. But it's like it's a whole commentary on the Western about masculinity, um, about faith and religion. It is so not the TV show, like at all. The TV yeah. show, like we've been saying, like misses the point of it. It just the, the pre- preacher TV show misses the it. Preacher TV show misses the whole point of the comic book. Is the whole okay. point of telling the story, which the telling the whole point of preacher can be summed up in the uh, John Custer's words, last words to his son uh, Jesse, which is, "You got to be one of the good guys, Jesse, because there are too many of the bad." That's the whole thing, and it's Jesse Custer reconciling his like that idea and like his like old masculine Western ideas of the good man comes to town and saves everyone um, and does it himself. And, and people will protect his lady and his, his woman doesn't have to lift a finger um, and like, and reconciling that with the modern um, ideals and especially the ideals of Tulip and like, how like that it's what it like their love story is one of my favorite love stories of all time it is like it's weird gooey romantic like better it, better than better than uh Huey right Huey and uh whatever her name is oh yeah like, in the comics yes. I don't like their story it's I, I I I can't get into it yeah I think why the boys the boys TV series added a humanity that was missing from the comic book and I think exactly 
and, and a, uh, like a smartness to it. Yeah, and Preacher, the TV show, removed the humanity that was in Preacher. Okay. Because, yeah, Preacher, the okay. TV show, just shanks it. Um, whereas, yeah, I do feel The Boys is a step up because it's like, okay, well, these are horrific characters, but they're going to be played by flesh and blood people, so we need to make them people. Right. Um, and, yeah, yeah, The Boys, like... I, I enjoy reading it. I like some of the twists and turns, but like I can definitely, I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to die on that hill. Like if you don't like it, just like, all right. Like, it's it's nasty. It's nasty ass it's garbage. Real. And I yeah. ain't no raccoon. No, it's, it's, and again, like just to keep hammering Preacher and everything, I think it's like the same. It's, he even said in their lead up to it being released, it's going to out Preacher Preacher. I think okay. he just wanted to go gonzo with the violence and the viscera and like the gore and like the over the topness of it, and he forgot to anchor it in a human story. Yeah, but yeah. Preacher, oh, it's so good. It's so. I will. Good. I'll read Preacher. I'll, I'll read Preacher. And, you know. Honestly, one of it's top three, top three series of okay. all time for me. Um. Uh, what do I have here? Oh, that was Amazing Spider-Man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um. There's also, by the way, Batman Fortnite. I'm always talking about Batman Fortnite. Always talking, and I got it. I'm just going to give a quick thing. Uh, we see another good issue. Each issue is different in this Batman Fortnite zero-point crossover. Each issue is a different feel. Like, one of those issues was, like, was like uh, uh, Memento, and, like, one of them had, like, it was the issue where, like, Batman fights uh, uh snake eyes like each issue is different and this issue also does a really good job and i don't want to oh i don't want to i don't want to say what happens at the end of this issue but there's some twists and turns this book has no right to be as good as it is it, yeah. it, it didn't need to be to answer your question earlier about continuity and heroes reborn this fortnite batman is Heroes Reborn. The the same disc, like, you don't care how Batman Fortnite's gonna hook up. Is it gonna take place between Batman 107 and 108? Like, is this before or after Joker? We're like, just happening. Like, I feel like Heroes Reborn is the same way. Like, it's just, yeah. it's happening. It's definitely pulling some threads from other stuff, but, like, it's it's happening. Right. Um, Crime Syndicate, uh, real quick. Crime Syndicate, it's this alternate mirror universe of the DC universe where bad is good and good is bad, except they tried to reinvent the wheel again. And I don't think it's hidden. I don't know if you've been reading it. I, I, I like it my didn't mirror jump at me, so I was like, Yeah. I like my mirror universes as mirror universes, but this is trying too hard to be like, no, it's just like it mimics the universe. It doesn't mirror it. And no. I'm having a problem with that. Um, do, I'm having you a, like, I'm having a problem. do you like, straight up like a right-handed person becomes left-handed in the other universe it's like that how that, deep that you was, want that was that's how Orson's deep Earth you want to yeah i don't care about that and i don't care about that that britain britain seceded from america the american <laughs> empire like with 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 uh what's his name benedict arnold leading the charge yeah. like there is there's that whole thing i don't like that but what i do is 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 like Okay, instead of Clark and Jimmy and Lois, we have this Ultraman 
Jimmy it works there, but he's also weird. And then there's also a Lois. Wait, Lois is Superwoman. Now what? Where? Who are? Everybody is mirrored. And some people say that like it takes out the free will from that universe because if a mirror universe is always a mirror, it takes out the free will. They will always just be acting in opposite or the same events will always play out, but like a little bit different, right? Yeah. But I want like a mirror universe where I'm like, okay, if I'm imagining like what this evil beast boy is like, well, evil beast boy to me is because I, I, I used to think a lot about like I used to draw my own like earth three teen titans and i called them teen titans the, uh, go like <laughs> uh i called them like, like the olympians instead of i, titans, like it, I get it i i get yeah. i get your clever idea yeah and, and so like i i made like different things so like beast boy is full animal like he's he's and he's on a, a chain with a leash and like like uh uh you know uh my cyborg was a lot like grid in in the crime syndicate like he was full human or not full human full, full machine robot. you know pretty much yeah um and then like i based it off of the uh the jeff john's teen titans run it was around that yeah time. i was gonna ask so if I, you read titans of tomorrow yeah so i love titans of tomorrow too but that's also a different thing and a different reason i love it but anyway the point being is crime syndicate is not enough of a mirror universe for me to like it and it doesn't itch. It doesn't scratch the same itch as like the Earth Three book by Grant Morrison, which, or the Earth Two book. Sorry, yeah, the Earth Two book. You know, yeah, like that's my favorite. But um, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I just wanted to just to to quickly do that. I'm not caught up with Batman Catwoman, but I just wanted to show off the, art, the cover art here. Uh, I need to, and it's an alternate universe story. It wasn't originally, but I guess it is. Uh, it's DC's Black Label, which is a bit more adult, uh, but the art is amazing, and uh, I cannot complain about that. Yeah. Well, it's alternate reality in the sense that it's no longer impacting the current continuity, yeah. but it is entirely... It fragmented off, right? It's splintered yeah, off. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's basically just read all of Tom King's run, and then when Tom King gets removed from the book, then you jump to Batman and Catwoman. Like, right. That's, yeah, it's, yes, it is, like, yeah, it's not in the world, but it is, like, yeah, he's, like, but I still have my story to tell, but they moved it to Black Label, and we're like, well, it's not going to be in continuity, but go crazy. Right. But it's, it's splintering off, like, the Kelvin timeline. Like, it... You know what I mean? It's to, it's an alternate future, essentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I know it's like multiple timelines and everything like that. Yeah. But like it's jumping off point is like it's yeah, it's not like it's it's not like in a vacuum. It is the like the conclusion or continuation of Tom King's run and what he was right. doing with the character. Right. They were just like, right, we right. have big plans uh, for him after death metal. So bye. X-Men did that too, right? They did a whole series with X-Men The End. Was it The End? Or X-Men Forever? Or so, uh, I mean, They've done it so many times. There have been yeah, so many. They like, did one where like, where it continues like the uh, the Chris Claremont stuff. Well, yeah. It's, they're, its own thing. Well, yeah. So The End is basically, they brought, I think they brought Chris Claremont on. That was just like to tell, although that was the biggest The End Marvel ever did. Um, that was like, three different series, three different yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, but also I think X Men was it Universe that you said or not Universe? Uh, X Men Forever. That's the new X-Men one. X Men right? Forever. Yeah, that's the new one. And that then there's X Men Legends. No, it's it's the same sort of thing as Batman and Catwoman, where it's just like uh, they're bringing X-Men back Forever is in continuity. With Adam Extreme or the ex, uh, Adam X? No, the that's extre- Extreme. It, that's I, in I continuity because he he forget like they make an effort to be like it's in continuity. They erase his memory and thus it doesn't affect the timeline. But it's in continuity. Well, it's in continuity as much as Luis uh, and Walt Simonson's stories are still relevant to continuity. Like it, the, the the whole point of it is to go back and 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 finish or or go back and tell unfinished stories right that was the plan like at like the reason why they did it is like well this was our plan originally and it got sidetracked it's like adam like that's not ever going to come back into continuity the fact that Good. adam x is a, a summer's brother like they just right. w- wanted to give him a chance like we got to, we stopped your story so why don't you tell it the way you wanted to but right. yeah it's yes it is technically but really like it's i don't think it's more about like rectifying continuity as it is bringing back legendary artists and uh writers and allowing them to tell stories that they weren't originally able to do for any variety of reasons right um let's uh let's use this opportunity to segue much beautifully into x-men uh, the X-Men title. So yeah. for anyone out there who is watching, basically what is happening right now for the month of June, the X-Men are throwing a party. Um, basically the X-Men and all the mutants are on a island nation of Krakoa. All the mutants are given birthright to this island to come and live. Mutants only. A couple of humans, but I think you got to vouch for them. But um, No, uh, no human. This, as far as I know, this is the first time humans have used the gate or even possibly set foot on Krakoa. And if you throw Franklin Richards in my face... <laughs> no. Who Kyle, else? North Star's husband, has been living on Krakoa in x Oh, okay. All right. Somebody said... I think I knew that, somebody but... Somebody said... What's up? I said, I think I knew that, but I forgot, but, uh, but maybe I didn't. Yeah. Uh, basically, I think if you... Because, I mean, the X-Men aren't going to be like, oh, if you're married to a human, like, they're not allowed. But it's like... It's such a, it, it, it's a rare instance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, they're, they're on a, they're on a whole, basically like if you're filling them in on the island of, of Krakoa, like basically the X-Men have decided enough is enough and to fully make a nation of people. It's, yes. they're not, they're not out of uh, schools or asteroids or anything like that. They have all yeah. been together and with very, few exceptions and and still with other agendas at play for the most part mutantdom is united in a way it never has been in right. the 60 years of uh their existence right like so uh yeah i mean even the bad guys are there right we yeah got shadow, Apocalypse uh, there. Not shadow thing uh shadow mm. king shadow king, shadow king. Shadow yeah. King's there. Legion seems to be uh, playing well enough with people. Magneto's like co-leader, Mystique, Mr. Sinister. more or less on Earth. Mister Sinister is still a piece of crap, but he's playing along. Yeah, uh, yeah like it's really, uh, really interesting to see this dynamic play out. Um, 
and again, to, to go back, uh, Grant Morrison, like, I feel like this is a lot of stuff that Grant Morrison laid down originally, which is the idea. I, I think that they were the first person to like, say like, well, what he'll uh, homo superior, like you're the new race. What does that mean? Like you're just, right. you're just superheroes and you go to a school, like we're talking about culture, like right. society like no one ever really Grant Morrison was the first one to to like give him a culture yeah to like actually treat it like as like some people had had like societies you had like Genosha you had like Asteroid M like you had colonies but no one ever thought like no well what would mutant culture look like what does yeah. a, what does a song by a mutant sound like if they if you have like banshee powers and you can scream or uh, some characters have like multiple uh, throats and, and voice boxes. Like, and we even get an example of that. I think it's Marauders, um, where <laughs> people are treated to a, a yeah. psychic um, violin performance where they're brought into the consciousness of a performer and they get to experience it and play it themselves. And yeah. so, yeah, what this is, it's really, really fascinating that this is really finally getting a full push from Marvel as like the full status quo because Morrison right. was just locked into their little bubble of new X-Men because uncanny was telling totally different stories at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it, I mean, one of the earliest thoughts I had about Grant Morrison is like jumbo carnation. Like who's they, that? they were like, yeah. Yeah. Cause he dies in the beginning of, of new X-Men, right? Uh, the beginning of an arc, but he, oh, he's around for a little while. I think it's, um, Riot at Xavier's is the, which is in year two of Morrison's five-year tenure. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the, um, it's the kickoff to Riot Xavier's. Yeah. So so just to reiterate for everybody, there are twelve X-Men related titles that are out right now, or at least yeah, there are twelve. And yeah, three a month or three a week. Three a week for four weeks, and so there, the Hellfire Gala is going to be in each of those titles once for the entirety of June. So it's a 12 issue thing that leads us into trial of Magneto, which then I assume leads us into Inferno. You don't know what any of those mean. I mean, we could talk all day about what's to come. I want to talk about what's going on right now. All right. Which is like, I got, I got, yeah. yeah. Put, yeah, the, this because I mean, if you haven't seen anything, if you haven't looked at the images, this is basically what if the X-Men through the Met Gala. Like, have you ever seen, like, uh, fashion photos uh, from, like, the Met Gala and all the crazy outfits that people wear, like Rihanna, uh, Beyonce, any of uh, Lady Gaga, like, all those people who, like, imagine if you had a mutant power and uh, and people, like, the most skilled fashion designers in the entire world, and you get some crazy costumes. It's awesome. Right. Um, so right here, right here, we got two of Emma Frost's outfits. Uh, and Angel's outfit. These are alternate, these are variant covers of X-Force, Hellions, and Marauders that came out this week. And do you uh, have uh, you've a seen picture? MF I was going to say, do you have do a picture, picture of what? Magneto's baller-ass suit? <laughs> uh, I, the only pictures that I have are the ones that came as variant covers for these issues. Okay. But I have enough, so let's see. Uh... I don't think Magneto is on this, but you see Professor X. Uh, this is, you see the Hellions lineup. Um, 
you see the Marauders lineup and the X-Force lineup and then what yeah, their look. Hellfire Gala outfits, outfits look like. Okay, but if if you haven't if you haven't been reading X-Men or if uh even though I look down on you, you only really understand the X-Men from like the movies. Uh like look at Xavier. He's far right on the screen in that X helmet. He ha- we yeah. have not seen Xavier's face in a year, over a year in comic book continuity, like in publishing uh times um and it's just like yeah this is like showing the extreme that the the world has sort of of x-men has evolved into and kind of the character changes because it seems like xavier and magneto have sort of each balanced the other out for good or worse yeah and we see xavier is far more willing to get his hands dirty and to push for mutants in a way that we've never really seen him before and even seen him push back against I don't trust uh, I don't, him. I don't even think it's I don't even think it's Xavier anymore. I think there's something else going on because he is a dickhole and a half. No, I think it's I think he's untouched, and that's why it's even crazier. He's a dickhole and a half. Like I you, think you're saying a, that he's so confident with his plan that now uh, he's I just, think he's cocky as hell. I think Magneto's the voice of reason now, but Magneto doesn't realize he has to be. But he's I think Magneto can see the the picture clearer than Xavier can. But yeah, I don't okay. think I did like. The, well, no, I don't want to. I don't deal with the uh, the onslaught reveal um, from Way of X uh, a couple weeks back. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think like people are getting cocky. Like we even kind of see it with Emma Frost. But Emma Frost again, like she's very um, practical about stuff. Um, very cautious even though her personality is about flaunting it i mean we just saw her outfits she has costume changes planned into the event schedule like that's how like um that's emma frost for you right then and there um she's got some uh amazing outfits we've only seen two uh, we've seen all three of them uh we've seen three yes um, I don't. There, there's no variant cover for it, but uh, there yeah. are three. Um, but what's cool is basically, if you're going to jump into this, this is these are these books are all taking place over the course of the same evening, basically over the same five hours, which is seven. All to, twelve issues across the you know those one issue the, of each of the titles all takes place in one evening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're, um, and you can already kind of, it's really cool because you can already kind of see pieces coming together, um, in Hellions and no, uh, Marauders and X-Force show, uh, t- uh, this, uh, same interaction between Tony Stark and, uh, Kid Omega. And then yeah. we see some other little clues here and there of these people interacting. Um, and so far, as far as I can see, on top of like the storylines, there are two big mysteries being set up that we'll get the answers to over the course of this month. The first right. is, so Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, um, yeah. for the longest time up until recently, it was assumed that his son was a mutant, that Franklin Richards was a mutant, um, but it has since been revealed that he is an augmented human. He is not a full-blown mutant. He's just a human with powers, and that's sort of thrown a crux. But the Fantastic Four and X-Men, because of this, like, mutants take care of mutants, your son's a mutant, your son's more ours than yours was sort of the tension between the Fantastic yeah. Four and X-Men. And now, and Franklin, now the tension is now it's revealed he's a human, is Franklin kind of feels like he was promised something that now 
he was never going to be able to have in the first place. And he's really kind of bristling about that. But when Reed Richards walks past Charles Xavier, he has, he says some words. Yeah. It's it's literally, it's literally a scribble, but we we don't know what the words are. He was look on his face is stay the way from my son, you fucker, or I'll kill you like that. He, Reed Richards is throwing down a gauntlet, but we don't know exactly what he's saying, but he is very clearly throwing something at Xavier. Um, I have an idea that I just came up with. You want to hear it? Yes. I think that Krakoa has the mutant cure. And I think that for good or for bad, they were like, we need to take Franklin Richards off the board. Oh, you think it was... I think cons- they took his powers uh, covertly. They took his powers away. Well, to be fair, I I, I haven't... I I read articles, and, and I've been keeping up with the main stuff, but I didn't read the X-Men Fantastic Four thing that addressed the, the Franklin issue. Um, yeah. But that, that'd be interesting. But, it's, but, it's, but like... Why? At the same no, but like yeah, at the same time, he could be such a powerful ally to them. Say no, he's too tainted by the Fantastic Four and, and humankind. He could be used against their machinations. Take it's better just to take him off the board. But I mean, his powers aren't gone forever. They had to know that they're coming back. I, I think eventually, editorially in Marvel, yeah. But I think story wise. It's supposed to be a way for good. Um, well, that'll be that'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out. Um, yeah. Because imagine if Reed knows this. Imagine if Reed. But he'd be happy. Like he, I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'm subscribing to your theory. Okay. Okay. But, this is my theory. I'm just. I'm just saying. Imagine if Reed was like, I know. I know uh, you got the mutant cure, and uh, you know it'd be a shame if other people found out. Or I, I honestly, I would even think like Reed would say like, "You froze, Trevor. You're uh, you're frozen." Like not saying you have it. I think. Did, wait, you gotta cut out for a sec. Yeah, you, you cut, cut out? out too. Okay, all right, yeah. we lost each other uh, for a second. Wh- what did you say? I was saying, um, oh my, can it? Connection is unstable, is what my computer is saying. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, um, what I was saying is that I think uh, Reed Richards uh, whispered the chemical formula for the ex, uh, the mutant cure. Oh, that, that Reed I, has the cure, or is aware of it. Yeah, I think that I, because I like they. I, especially with sinister around and everything like that, I don't think they right. would want to have the cure on the island. Like there are a lot of people, there are pe- their own people would use it in some way, shape, or form to maybe right. even reverse engineer it into a, a mutant bomb to turn everyone into mutants. Like, right? But I don't think that everybody knows. I think it's severely an Xavier. It could just be an Xavier, almost Xavier and Beast. Because I mean, we're gonna have to get to Beast and what's going on with him. But yes, yeah, there's some weird ass shit going on. Yeah, um, Beast is losing I'll- his mind. He's um, losing his mind. I want to. I want to just show a couple of more costumes. Okay, but while These you're doing that, three I was... variant covers. Oh, what's up? 
Well, no, while you were showing it, I was going to say the other thing, okay. the other big thing that we're going to need to find out over the course of it. God, I love, I love Katie Pride's, uh, Katie Pride's uh, outfit. You, you do? Okay. Yeah. I am not a fan of it. Just like, well, yeah, I'm not a fan of that so much. I think Rogue looks cool. Um, and, I mean, Emma Frost is just gratuitous, but, like, still fashionable at the same time. Um, yeah. What I don't like is, you know what I don't like, what I've realized with uh, some of the, with the, with the, uh, the gay or bi characters, that uh, they're all given corsets. Like, the men are given corsets. Like, you can see it on Iceman. On Prodigy, same thing. Uh, Prodigy's not in this one, but the, basically, if you look at all the queer characters, they all just huh. have corsets. And it's just kind of a weird thing. Like, why would they all do that? I don't know. Did they, like, I did the Iceman ever reconcile with his, like, bisexuality or um, his sexuality after but young Bobby Drake? In canon, he is gay. And that he has been he has been pushing that side of them away. I would say it should have been easier just to make him bi, because I think that like there's there's uh, little to no bisexual representation in media in general because people are like you're either straight or you're gay. Yeah. But like Dakin is bi, uh, and and you know there are people that like have families. You say Dakin, and then yeah, what do you say, Dakin? Dakin. No, no. Bacon, bacon, Dakin, bacon? Dakin. No, no. Dakin? Dakin. Also, that's, just think about, like, Japanese, like, uh, that's pronunciation. Fair. That's fair. Bacon okay. doesn't, it doesn't work in the same, you know? It doesn't work that's in that fair. same. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dakin, bacon. Dakin, a cake? Dakin. Um... um but anyway, uh, there are people in real life that go and have families and they literally have kids and then they realize they're gay. Like, and it's like someone's dad who's like, yeah. I realize. And that, but a- I mean, but they're, they could also be bi, you know what I mean? Yeah. So- What's well, like uh, um, the actress uh, Stephanie Beatrice, uh, Rosa on yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. She's come out as bisexual and she's pregnant and uh, has, a, has a male partner. It's like yeah. that doesn't erase her sexuality. No. It's just this is who she's building her life with, is this person. Right. I mean, if one's to assume that a bi person is monogamous, either way they gotta choose one or the other. They're not choosing yeah. who they like over like overall, well, but they're saying I, this person is who I'm marrying. I would also say to to add to that, I think they sort of bypass bisexuality and just go full pansexual. Because John Constantine is very clear. He's a bisexual character. He's had relationships with men and women, but he's also like fucked demons and, and ghouls and stuff like that. So it's like, well, he's just pan. He's just gonna fuck right. everything. I think well, that's just like, a lot. Like Lando. Yeah, like, like Lando, Lando or uh, uh, Captain Jack Harkness in Torchwood. Like it's right. like, yeah, he's just pan because he just fucks everything. Um, right. And it's, yeah, it's just like, yeah, you're either gay, straight, or you fuck everything. And bisexuality, yeah, it doesn't really get its uh its due right uh like prodigy is bisexual and he's dating speed from young avengers though that was a weird retcon i didn't know that speed was gay until prodigy started dating him 
and that didn't make any sense to me. So, well, I, I mean, we, we were talking earlier, Judd Winnick, like that's uh, uh, Karen Gillan and uh, Jamie uh, McKeever, like they they very much front and center LGBTQ uh, characters. Yeah. No, and I mean, so, which yeah. is good. Yeah, I, I Young, just yeah. I, I find, sometimes it comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, yeah. oh. Yeah, no, that one, that one did kind of come out of nowhere because also like yeah, Prodigy was just, he was, I liked him as a character, but he was also ever since decimation, he's been kind of lost a little. Right. Because he's just like, he, he plat his, he maintained, retained everything he learned, but he hasn't learned anything new because his power hasn't allowed him to, because he doesn't have it. Yeah. I'm wondering if right. he's gonna, um, he's gonna come back. Like if he's gonna get Prodigy. Has oh, if he's going to get his powers. Maybe he's comfortable with where he is. He's on X Factor, so, like, it's not like he doesn't have a team. They accept yeah. him, you know? Interesting, but, yeah, but he is still, oh, like... Oh, he's, he's a human. Yeah, you know, he, he got decimated. He, he, got, yeah. he got Scarlet Witched. But he still retained everything he learned because he right. was... His, his uh, like, instant uh, comprehension was, like, his power. Right. Um, and, but yeah, so he, he, he doesn't have the same comprehension and empathic, empathic, uh, uh, like acquisition of intelligence. Yeah. 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 He can, uh, he can uh, like pick a body language and like, he's like a mimic. Um, And and, like anything, you know, he knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm, I haven't seen or heard anything about him going through the crucible, which is that thing in way of X. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, but he, by all accounts, um, unless I miss something, unless there was um, when the re-mutinization happened in uh, Avengers vs. X-Men, um, if he right. wasn't... No, he wouldn't have been because no. Young Avengers was after that. He's not a mutant anymore. That's that's yeah. what I that's what I know. Because in Young Avengers, he wasn't a mutant, but he talked about how he had that stuff. And so nothing has happened between then and now. Yeah, so, so that's... Yeah, so he's still technically human. Um, yeah. So yeah. And I would imagine, just by, based on his characteristics, that he would want, like he would want to almost be the first to the line. I of, don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, I think he has a lot of trauma there. But he's all, but he's, yeah, but he's also like young, young Avengers kind of showed he's kind of a, not a dick, but like he's he's analytical. He can remove himself from stuff because he's so smart and understands so yeah. much that he he can remove himself from emotional understanding. It can make dickhead choices like in right. a like superior spider-man kind of way i'm just like i know what's yeah. best i'm smart deal with it yeah. um but yeah yeah the other thing uh that I, I was saying that there were two things that we w- we're gonna find out over the course of the month one is what reed Richards said uh the other is what did emma frost say to everyone at the end what is her closing statement because that oh, yeah. clearly as we see in the end of marauders ruffled everyone Everyone's right. saying this changes everything. Right. Uh, and so that was a good tease um, to get. But also, like, that's probably going to be X. I'd imagine X-Men 21 will be that scene, will be whatever Emma's going to say will be, like, last week of this event. Right. Um, all three titles are really good. Uh, I liked them. Yeah. I love the fact that each character is his own character. By the way, I'm I'm putting up the magazine covers. I saw they're, uh, they're the variants. Well, um, actually, te- 
technically the Hellions one is not a magazine cover, but I had to put it somewhere. Yeah. And I love that outfit that Quanon has. Um, um, she lo- she looking good, and I yeah. want the best for her. Uh, I was her body say, was taken for so long. Yeah, <laughs> I like that they get they talked about that. Um, yeah. Russell Dodderman is the artist who designed all the costumes for the oh, okay. uh, fire, and he was the one that layout you had of three of Kitty Pride um, and um, yeah. Rogue and Emma Frost. That's Russell Dodderman, yeah. and okay. um, he usually does uh, covers for Marauders. But he was uh, the main artist for Jason Aaron's uh, Thor run for the back half of that um, after Ethan Ribic uh, left the book. Um, But yeah, he's awesome. I found him um, when they did the Young Cyclops solo series um, a couple years ago. When he joined the Star Jammers? Yeah, which was awesome. That was, I liked because it's like, it was one of those things of like, it's staring us right in the face. And it's just like, of course, the boy with laser eyes should be in a sci-fi space movie. Like, he should be in a story like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, he needs to spend time with his father. Yeah, like, blah, 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 blah. You know? Of course, Sarah. But of course, there's a terrible dad. <laughs> He's a piece no, of No, because... I, I, he, I, now I, t- I, he has four sons... And only two acknowledged. <laughs> he has now, three sons. One of, one of them's not his son. Adam X is not his son. I thought he was. Is what was it again? I he's like I, a test tube baby between one of the one of the Shi'ar and like Corsair's DNA. Okay, so are know. you saying are you saying Adam X is the Terry McGinnis of the X Men? Adam X is, is a half... No, Adam X is a half... Uh, he's half Shi'ar, isn't he? Well, yeah, no, but you're saying, like, test tube. So, like, a Shi'ar couple, the man was injected with Corsair's DNA. No, but I think genetically he is half Shi'ar. Yeah, no, he is... Ha- no, I know that. Yeah, no, he is half Shi'ar. Um, but what's the human so- half? The human half is the mom, right? It's it's whatever Summer's mom. Oh, that's right. That's right. Now I remember. Yeah, it was the mom. That's what okay. I think. I think I remember. I, yeah, I, I remember it correctly. I, I, I'm I'm mad at myself for having read that. I don't. I didn't like '90s X-Men comics. If they're not written by Jim Lee, if they're not written by, if they're not drawn or written by somebody who went on to found Image, they're not good. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Um, uh. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, I'm going to bring up actually the, the the covers, the actual covers for the X-Men titles uh, here. We've got X-Force and we have Hellions. Marauders, where did I put the Marauders cover? Anyway, whatever. Here's X-Force and Hellions. I liked the Hellions uh, issue because I'm really liking Grey Crow. Yeah. Because he has a heart. Like, it's so, you know what's, what's, like almost like psychologically therapeutic in a weird way is that there are bad mutants that are only bad because they were given the wrong hand and the system treated them like monsters from the beginning that they continued to stay down that path because it's not like they could have been accepted into the X-Men. Yeah. None of the Marauders, the original Marauders, would have been accepted into the X-Men. So Grey Crow had no choice. And then also there's the trauma... Of uh, of growing up mutant and uh, 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 you know getting the shit end of the stick. So thus yeah. he's going. He's a murderer, and 
Krakoa has allowed these characters to be for the first time themselves, knowing that they're safe. Yeah. And the real world tie-in is like, imagine how good this world would be if nobody had to like work for their food or their medicine. Like yeah. survival was already preordained. Mm-hmm. You can survive and you are safe. Now, what you choose to do with your time is up to you, and you can do whatever you want. Maybe you're the blob and you run a bar. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, imagine how much stress and the the life choices you're going to be making are going to be so different because you know you're safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it really everyone's kind of getting a fair shake of it, and you just kind of see, like, how many people are actually Wolverine if you take the chance to rehabilitate them and give them an opportunity. It's like, yeah, because Wolverine just is like, he got the shit end of the stick and was like captured and became a murderer. And now he's like revered as one of the X-Men by the community like of mutants. And so it's like, yeah, like Krakoa is really evening the playing field for a lot of these characters. And also giving like characters that would haven't been featured in years, like places again. Right. And not feeling, yeah, empath, empath. Like, yeah. Um, there's uh, who else? Who else? like Wild Child? Like that guy? Yeah, like, the whole lineup of Hellions. The whole, much. yeah, the whole Hellions lineup is just like they haven't been useful in years. And also, Mister Sin- Sinister, like Jonathan Hickman, finally figured out a good personality for D- Mister Sinister, which is yeah. flamboyant asshole. Yeah, it's like I re- like he was just sort of like, oh the Scott the summer's gene I must have it like that was his characterization <laughs> like the '90s cartoon was very not even mustache twirly like he wasn't even that uh, flamboyant in that but he was definitely like a guy who was not really distinctive he was just a bad yeah. guy he was a Bond villain it's a yeah. bo- like a Bond villain type thing. But yeah, now yeah. he's like, oh, his science is his art. He expresses yeah. himself through his science, which yeah. is crazy. Like, that's really good characterization. That's like, okay, that's that's what everybody is, mm-hmm. you know? Like, everybody has their own thing now. Yeah. Just... Yeah, no, this is, like, uh, the best the X-Men have been in years and years and years. Yeah. And it's, like, I think it's the, the same way the uh dc was trying to manage their multiverse for a long time after after crisis on infinite earth like the multiverse went to hell like there was no editorial direction it's like anything could be an imaginary story it could just be on another earth who gives a shit we'll just tell whatever stories you want and just at the end let's say this is taking place on earth 1604 good and i feel the like mutant population under grant before grant morrison when it was like literally in like the tens of millions just got away from them and they were just throwing out characters like maggot and adam x and i think they're making a, a more uh concentrated uh, mindful effort to build this large scoping world from the ground up as opposed to sort of stumbling on it like they did over the course of the 90s of just realizing right. like oh yeah like mutants are like their own thing like 16 million mutants that's how many people that, that died in genosha like that's more than a lot of countries in the world right that's more than states in america um 
And now, like, they're just like, all right, if they have that number, then let's show that let's build it get it back to that and now we can control it like a like a control burn to allow the force to grow the way you want it to and take care of it i feel like this is their controlled burn to really solidify the x-men as their own thing right um it'd be awesome to see if this is like somehow this is the way that because I don't know, I don't know how the hell mutants are going to work in the MCU. I, I imagine something happened with the snap and people came out mutant. Blah, 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 I don't know. Um, right. But like, Krakoa could be a way of just over the years. There've just been kids who've just gone missing, and uh, uh, no one's really noticed any sort of connection. And it's because there's this island nation of Krakoa where mutant beings exist almost like the inhumans or the eternals like i don't know it, i don't i don't think that's the way they're gonna go i i mean i could have another show about this but my, <laughs> my ideas for like what like there's only certain things that we know are true for the mutants in the mcu but then there are certain hints that they show that certain things are possible so yeah that's a whole thing i don't i, I don't want a krakoa in the movies because I, we need mutants to live side by side humans for that those themes to to matter. The only reason the current state of X Men matter right now is because we've had sixty years of X Men comics, like tell us, oh uh, yeah, uh, this is a world that will hate and fear you, and yeah. now you get a you get a a country. So, you know. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm curious, um, how much of this especially since it's been a concerted effort, especially with Marvel, but basically kind of comic books in general is to sort of use comic books as a first draft for a movie. And so it's just like, what does this mean for what their plans are for mutants? What does all this culture and rebuilding the line and such, especially when what, like six years ago, the, like the X-Men titles were like screwed um, they were yeah. really trying to make the Inhumans the new X Men. Oh, the worst! One of the worst ideas Marvel's ever had was yeah. the uh, attempted mutinization of the Inhumans. Um, right. but yeah, I'm right. just it's it's really I'm really curious is just if or if it's just like you know what? It, eventually, we're gonna have people interested in, in X Men, so we want to make sure we have some damn good recent books for them to really sink their teeth in. Definitely. Um, I'm excited about what is to come with X-Men and, uh, those titles, especially with the Hellfire Gala alone. This, if there's any, if there's any month to buy 12 issues of X-Men related titles, just buy it this month. And like, you'll be fine. Yeah. As someone who, uh, sadly has only read like two issues of Hellions prior to this, totally understood everything. Hellions is so good, dude. No, I know. I like that. Yeah, I I jumped in on like when Alex Summers went like super crazy for a sec. Um, yeah. When it really lived in the hell of Hellions, and then I just I, I have all the issues. I just haven't sat down and read them. But yeah, I just yeah. jumped in and just like totally understood it. Because what's yeah. nice is what's nice is you'll understand the characterizations of these characters as they're going through. Like, I didn't know all the backstories of these people. I didn't know the the wild child and this romantic past and all that stuff. The con- yeah, I, the, I didn't the, know he dated Aurora, but okay, yeah. now I know. 
but the story gives you context. But what's really helpful if you want to just jump in is, like we said, it's an event. It's all happening at the same time frame, all happening in the one location. The con- the event that's happening gives you the context of the story, and so you really it is a a place you can jump in and not feel lost, even if you don't know what's happening, because you'll know what's happening in the moment as you're reading it. Yeah. Um, you know, about Wild Child stepping up to Dakin, though? Yeah. Wild Child, and Dakin, didn't Dakin just, like, stand there? Just be like, yeah, I'm, he's just like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid. Well, I mean, you're right, I'm a son of Wolverines, whatever, no big deal. <laughs> whatever. Dakin. No, I grew up in Japan. No big deal. Just a uh, worldly guy. Yeah. You know, my dad, he's got, he's got three. He's got those three things. Yeah, well, I got two and then boom, this wrist one. And also yeah. feet ones, I think. Does he have feet ones like uh, X-23? I don't think he has feet ones. Just, X-23 just, does, but he yeah. doesn't. Uh, he has pheromone powers, though. Yeah. Yeah. So he's... He, um, what? I was going to say, so he's banging. He's banging tonight at the, yeah. at the Hellfire yeah. Gala. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's been, he's been really good to Aurora, though. Like, he's had a really pretty good characterization to X-Factors, so I love, uh, this is why I love X-Men, and, like, honestly, like, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I haven't been this excited about X-Men for a long, long time, Yeah, you know? Um, so I, uh, yeah, as a long-time X-Men reader, I- I'm digging it, so I- I'm, Me too. I'm excited I- for what's to come like on and like House of X and everything just really I haven't that floored me. Like House of X. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 Powers of Ten. Uh, like that floored me and it's just been a wild ride ever since. Like it's honestly I can't since Grant Morrison I can't think of a better run, but like I can't think of a time the X titles have all been so uniformly good. Yeah. They're- Times where yeah. there's some good X-Men titles, but then there are some stinkers. Yeah. Um or ones that don't get off the ground. But this is like across the board. I'm there's not really a weak link. I think it's really it really kind of comes down to what's your preference in storytelling, what kind of X-Men stories you want. But in terms of overall quality and storytelling, there is not a weak link in the in the bunch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um about that time we close up this episode. Uh, 20 minutes over, pretty every- good record. <laughs> What's that? Only 20 minutes over, or 15. Yeah. So Yeah, with one less guest, and we go overtime. Uh, thank you to everybody out there who's been watching. Uh, we see I got 188 people here watching on volume.com, at volume.com slash the Keeg Show. We also got other people watching us on, on, on any of the other streaming platforms that we are uh, doing it. Oh, Matt, I didn't know. Uh, none of us read War of the Bounty Hunters yet. So Matt is out there asking whether we uh, talked about it already before he came. No, we did not talk about it. Um, but uh, uh, perhaps we will talk about it next time. So save it. Um, save it for next week. Yeah. I am yeah. so out of the loop on, on Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. Okay. No idea what's happening. Could, would be useless. <laughs> It's all right. Um, uh, I'm glad we got into X-Men today, though. Yeah. Uh, 
And thank you to everybody out there who's been watching. Like, comment, subscribe. Do what you need to do on any of those platforms that you're on because we appreciate it no matter what. That being said, we would greatly appreciate it if you like create an account wherever you're at and you're able to talk with us because uh, we definitely want that interplay because uh, 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 it just makes it that much better. Our goal here is is not just to talk comics because I, I could meet up with Trevor and we could just talk about comics on our yeah. own or we can give each other a phone call or whatever. But the fact that this is a show is for you guys and it's about spreading that love of comics if you guys need to know like where to get these comics or what you want your recommendations, you know, like to be uh, so on and so forth, like that's what we're here for. So fostering that community of comic uh, where, where it's not gatekeeping, nobody's looking at anyone in the, in, in who's watching the show being like, you don't know anything about comics. So we're not going to let you learn any more things about comics. That doesn't make any sense. Like you got to start somewhere and we're not here being gatekeepers. We are here to help foster that love of comic books and uh uh you know through our own love of comic books if, um, yeah if anything we're welcoming you at the gate and giving you the tour and then you right. can go out and see the lands yourself but right almost yeah. like a Krakoa of sorts yes <laughs> oh man this is so meta what's going on <laughs> uh P-R-X-X-I-O-N says, is there a way to change chat color? I can barely see it with the dark blue. Yeah, you just go up to your user profile or whatever, and you can change it there. I believe you can change it there. Uh, for anyone out there like P-R-X-X-I-O-N, give us a follow. Sweet, sweet ams forever. Sweetums forever. Uh, give us a follow here and uh, uh, help us out. Definitely. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try something new for today. We're going to try to rush a stage. If I can find a stage uh, of a person that I know on volume, we're going to essentially take our viewership over to them uh, as we peace out. But before we do, Ooh. Trevor, what are your, um, what are, uh, uh, what's coming up for you? What do you got coming up? You know, where can people find you? Social um, media, all that stuff. You can find me at Trevor Copter. Uh, my stories are occasionally filled with, uh, comic book history or my uh, little nitpicky bullshit uh, about comic history. I've been reading a lot, a lot about Jack Kirby and Stan Lee and like the Marvel age, basically 1961 to 1970 Marvel comics. And it is fascinating. Um, and kind of like figuring out who created what and who is telling the truth and who's not telling the truth. Um, but yeah, I've been posting a lot about that. So if you want to learn a little bit about that, you can follow my stories um, but I actually have a tiny little bit of a plug. It's not me directly, but the theater company I'm a, I'm a part of. If you're here in L.A., 66 Theater Company, we are open full capacity June 25th. Oh. Uh, we're out of the Lee Strasberg Institute of uh, Santa Monica and uh, Fairfax in West Hollywood. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Um, it seems like it's... Um, Strasburg uh, Institute people are using uh, the stage as well. So um, my work with the companies, not, I don't know when we're, I'm going to be joining with them again. Cause I stage manage everything. Oh, um, yeah. But 66 theater company. And also if you want some, if you um, find that you don't have a Keeg show um, uh, to watch impro uh, theater, they got uh, a Twitch. Sorry. They don't seem appear to be on volume. Um, but Impro Theater, you can uh, Google it. 
Um, find them on Twitch. Uh, they got shows all weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They got shows sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, sometimes at night and evenings. They got a, a good stack of programming, and uh, I've been really uh, lucky to um, get connected with them. Uh, so check them out. They're, they're great shows if you want to have more stuff to stream. Awesome. Awesome. Um, thank you guys out there for, for watching. Again, give us a follow. If you can literally hear my voice, give us a follow. Help us out. Uh, we do multiple shows, multiple shows a uh, a week, especially starting next week when the Loki show comes out. We're going to do the Loki after show. Uh, and uh, we're definitely going to be here late night after those Loki episodes uh, premiere, talking about those episodes. So we got that coming up. Uh, we got a lot of really cool stuff coming up for the Keeg, and um, um, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, that is that. Thank you guys so much. Tomorrow night is another episode of the Keeg Back. That's our Friday night show where I invite some guests. We shoot the shit. We hang out. We play some games. We have a good time. It's to, uh, Friday nights, 9 p.m. Pacific time. So that's uh, technically midnight Eastern time. Uh, but if you want to stay up late, we are worth it, girl. I don't know what I was trying to do there. <laughs> work, work it, girl. Worth it. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been Comic Talk. Peace out, and I'm going to try to rush, so stay tuned, but peace out right now. Super fast.